right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live. What is Gucci Manucci's? Welcome to the Half Court Podcast. My name is Darwin. I got AV behind the camera. And today, today, we got KC. And we also got yep. the whole squad yep. in the bag. You know what I'm saying? We got Roy, one time for the one time. And we got Alex, you know what I'm saying? So uh, let's get this rolling, man. It might be a wild one. So embrace yourself. But hey, man, I uh, appreciate you guys for taking the time. Uh, so let's just talk about... What you doing? Like, let's go from there, man. Yeah, bro. Uh, so, Roy, you know, I seen the podcast when you guys did it with Heck and Roy. Epic. One Epic. of my favorites. Yeah, one that was a favorites. good one. That was a good one. Uh, yeah, man. I've, I, I've known these guys seven years. I've been in OKC about eight. Uh, from Where are you from? Albuquerque, New Mexico. Albuquerque. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, different kind of story. Grew up. Uh, ended up joining the Navy. It was the Navy four years. Uh, got to see the world a little bit. Travel. Um Got out, went to school, uh, didn't really didn't really vibe with school, wanted to go to school for business, uh, got an internship in Oklahoma. Internship worked out, worked a lot with casinos and tribes here, and then from there it kind of developed into entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. owning businesses and that kind of stuff. So it's uh, it's been cool. Oklahoma City's become home. Yeah. Yeah. It's a chill place, huh? Yeah. So you have uh, multiple businesses and stuff? Yeah. So uh, primarily what kind of got me going was working with uh, the, the Chickasaws, the Choctaws, the company I worked with. They have a model where they lease the slot machine to the casino. So instead of the casino providing their own capital to purchase the equipment, they come in and they lease it. And they, they provide the service, the maintenance, so there's no overhead to the tribe. So the model kind of was successful. I learned a lot about it. They weren't really working with a lot of the other tribes in the state. So low-hanging fruit, smaller smaller casinos. So I met a business partner, and that kind of got me into business. And it was like, I, I didn't know anything, man. I was YouTube University. Anytime I had trials and tribulations, mm-hmm. I looked to guys like Gary Vee, Mark Cuban, like always scouring the internet for, for advice. From the entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. the big the right. big boys, the millionaires over right. there. And what are you doing exactly with the casino stuff? Like, are you being a, your sales rep or so, what are you doing? So now, um, I, when I transitioned out of Gaming Capital Group is the company, when I transitioned out of them and uh, started my own company and met a business partner, we were in business for about, they're still in business today, Dynamic Gaming Solutions. So I was the founding partner with this guy, Mark Larson. And... Uh, uh, end of 2018, December, uh, we decided to split ways, parted from him. Um, I actually went back to the original company I used to work for, and they made a big move in the market where they bought two major manufacturers and the rights to that product. So that, they're now going to work with every casino in Oklahoma. So I'm like, hey, I got these relationships. We consult. We, 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 we kind of negotiated on a consulting agreement, and I brokered the deals between them and the company. So... That was like the transition from owning something, having employees, overhead, to now it's, it's a little more simpler where I'm just focusing on the overall transaction of how many games are they going to lease to them? Are they going to provide capital to them up front? What does the tribe need? You know, where, where, do they want to build a gas station? Do they want to add machines to the floor? So that kind of that stuff. So you started at, as like leasing casino slots to... So I actually started uh, willing the games in the back, bro, on the truck. Like, yeah. They gave me an internship where they kind of explained the overall business to me. And uh, credit to Roland Miller. He, uh, he's, he's one of my biggest mentors. Um, he's a family friend. He's like an uncle to me. We refer to each other as uncle and nephew. He's the one that gave me the internship opportunity, taught me the business. I spent tons of nights just picking his brain, learning how he saw the vision and what, what value that the business brought to the tribe and why it's a good partnership and kind of those high level things that was like really eye opening to me and really kind of got me 
clicking. Okay. Well, it's all about providing value. It's all about a win, win, win. And you kind of simplify the thing and you're like, you know, you don't have to get so complicated. Are you providing somebody value in a transaction? Are they benefiting from it? And then you can figure out how to monetize it, you know? Mm, nice. Because I would think like, like if I were to start a business like that, like where do you get these machines and like, I'm pretty sure they're pricey. Yeah, they're you very know? pricey. So it's like, do uh, you have like a, uh, you had a strategy where it's like, I have this much money to invest in some business and what route do I take? So actually it was this crossroad, man. Uh, I had just got... Uh, like my third different kind of promotion within the company. Mm. And it was going to push me to like six figures plus bonus. And I was going to be a director of game performance where I basically analyzed the performance for all these casinos that they would put me in charge of. That's at the time I met my business partner. I actually met him going out, met him with some friends at Remington Park. And from there, I knew that there was value in the model because I seen it work so well with the big tribes. And I knew that the company wasn't working with some of the littler tribes. And I started to build relationships with working with that company. So my business partner said, hey, I know nothing about casinos, but I believe in you. So let's go 50-50. He said, I'll guarantee you a base salary, which was a lot less than what I was about to make. Mm. But I'll give you 50% equity and I'll fund it. So it was a it was a crossroad. I had to walk into the mentor's office that kind of brought me into the business and say, hey, you know, I'm really thinking about leaving and competing, not really competing with you, but just like focusing on what the market you guys don't focus on. He was supportive. You know, everyone at the company was like, why would he do that? That's crazy. He's already had all these you know, promotions up to where he's at. And I really didn't know my business partner at the time, and I kind of just took the risk, and it, it worked out. I mean, we made some good deals. Uh, he had the capital to kind of back it up, and that goes into a whole other story about why we ended up splitting, but it was, uh, it was definitely a risk. That was a risk, man. Yeah. When you do it with, a, like, a business partner that you don't know that well, it's like, So man. if you had it good, like, good where you were at, and it was such a risk to jump in, why'd you, why'd you do it? Because I knew that I knew my upside. So my upside at GCG was, I knew I was going to, obviously I got a director role now, got more responsibility, obviously more pain, incentives and bonuses, but at the end of the day, that's it. That's what you're guaranteed that year, you know, and, and, and then you can hope to learn the business more. But at that point, I'm like, I, I, I want to own my, and I don't want to ever be at the risk of someone saying, hey, we just sold the company. You know, we sold to a new, I don't know if they want you as a director. I never wanted to be in that. And I've always had that entrepreneur spirit. So when the opportunity arose, I mean, I've always been somewhat of a gambler in my life and I just took it and I really didn't think twice. And it was crazy because Roland was like, that's why I, he's like, I like that about you. He said, you just go sometimes. He's mm -hmm. like, and you don't think about You're a risk you taker. Yeah. You don't really like, I mean, sometimes you can't overthink it. You just got to jump. Follow your uh, intuition. We've been talking yeah, about intuition and at this, love. Yeah. At this point, I'm 27 and I'm like, I'm in my twenties. Why not take some risks? Like, just go. I mean, if anything, not I can come back and work just as hard. I gained these three promotions on my own. So I kind of played those analytics in my head. You know what I mean? But it was definitely a risk. Yeah, that's uh, how long have you been doing this? Okay, so I moved to OKC in 2013, uh, and I started Dynamic Gaming in 20 end of 2016. But we really didn't make money until I'd say November of 2017. So I've been in overall gaming since 2013 when I took the internship. So now I've been in gaming about seven eight years. Uh, but as far as owning businesses and 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 starting my own and figuring that out, it's been about since 2017. And so through that, it just, you learn so much. I mean, I, I went through, it was, it was kind of, I, I learned through the growth and, and hiring people. Obed, you know, Obed Martinez, I moved him out here. One of my best friends from Albuquerque, he moved two friends from Albuquerque. They believed in me, hired him on, moving expenses. Like we're growing this thing. 
to all of a sudden you and your business partner are at complete odds and you're 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 locked out of something you started and now there's conflict and and so it was a ride for me but you know through that entire process I I think I just gained enough confidence and wisdom and in, in that I understood a little bit of cash flow balance sheet what makes a business run and again the overall idea are you providing value and what does the customer or consumer get from you know whatever you're offering yeah so okay uh so when it's like uh was it you and your business partner he had a different vision or it was the, he wasn't passionate about the thing anymore the company was he on that sucker shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean he uh yeah he he definitely had a different vision than me. I mean, when we separated, you know, at the end of the day, he we negotiated. He paid me what I needed to get for my equity in the company, and we and we 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 left it at that. And that's all I can really legally say. But it wasn't a good experience. He was a lot older than me in business. Yeah, he was he was nearing fifty, and at the time I was twenty seven. Ooh, um, bro, that's a vulnerable position to be in, right? Vulnerable, there. but again, jump. Don't ask, you know? You, and, didn't feel some, I, oh. you didn't feel some type of way, like, uh, just the whole time being in business like that? Because, like, I've been in positions where well, I do business with other people, and I'm, like, scared. I'm well, like, this motherfucker is... You think they're going to, like, outsmart you well, in something they, that I mean, they... Bro, they've lived way longer than me, so I'm like... Again, the whole time, I'm just like... Again, I'm on YouTube. I'm looking. I'm like, okay, we're signing this operating agreement. What's in the operating agreement? I'm ba- but I'm, But we're trying to grow this thing at the same time, so I'm like... At the end of the day, when we come back to the operating agreement and once we had our disagreements and things were going south, I realized, damn, why didn't I negotiate this point, this point and this point? But that's all part of learning and credit to Roland. He went through a bad business experience in his early 30s and he stuck with that partner for years. And he always told me that story. And he at the end of the day, it didn't work out. He actually ended up kind of getting. Uh, you know, screwed over in a way by his partner and they, they went bankrupt. And so he's like, I wish I would have just stood up in the beginning, but things were good. So when things are good, you kind of just like, it's okay. Even though he's doing that over there, or I don't agree with that. Let's just keep going because let's maintain. And I was at that point. I mean, we were so successful. We went to grossing 3.1 million after our first year. We had 600 games out mm-hmm. there, tribal licenses with six different customers. Like it was booming. It was booming. It was booming. And and credits are rolling. I didn't want to. I didn't want to end up at 38 and say, damn, I wish I would have just, you know, I learned enough from this business, and I, now I know I could do it on my own. I needed just a little bit of capital. Let's let's just end this relationship and move on. And instead I think that, of dragging that shit out. Instead and, of, even though things were really good, and it was scary, and then once, you know, we chose to go our own paths with lawyers, lawyers get involved, then you really learn what an operating agreement is, and the good news is, throughout that entire process, I feel like I got an undergrad in business mm. litigation. Like, I just, I learned a lot, you know, yeah. and some of it's the hard way. So how'd you go about getting lawyers and shit? Was it just people you knew Bro, throughout time? Or? So credit to, uh, this is 2017. We're just kind of making some money. A buddy of mine, Chris Murray, I hire him. His, he owns Spark Creative. And uh, they, they do something with Scissortail Media. They're kind of partnered together. And so Chris Murray introduces me to the Councilship of Entrepreneurs. So I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a COE group in OKC. There's about 86 members now. So, like, there's not a deal in OKC that goes on that no one in the COE knows about. This guy, Brian Clifton, created it. I've been in the COE group since 2017. I met him. Uh, each group kind of meets once a month. It's about seven to eight members. And you sign NDAs, and you just talk about business, and you give advice, and you say what you're struggling with. So I got in that group. So I reach out to Brian. I say, I'm, things are going south with my partner. It's always been my network that has carried me. 
And so the COE group helped carry me, met me into Chris Smith, which ended up being my lawyer, met with him, explained to him the situation. He, you know, walked me through it, showed me the LLC, showed me the documents, showed me the... And eventually, through that and walking it through with him, I started to learn. It's credit to Chain Jones and Suddix. They've been doing my taxes since 2017. And they've taught me a lot about understanding tax revenue and tax legality. That's and, another. And, and even your business partner laying off the taxes on you. I mean, there's a lot you got to look at in the language. And it's all a learning experience, man. I didn't go to business. I didn't get a business degree, you know. So it's like it really is just YouTube and, you know, nose to the grind and figure it out. And nice. taking the, those uh, risks. That too, yeah. To just, that's, you know. that's one that I, yeah, I, I like to call myself a, a risk taker. You know, it's, you just got to do it, man, because I think, I feel like it, there's a price to that, and that's like the reward. You know, it's pretty big and satisfying. So it's like, I, I feel like if you look at every, like, millionaire, billionaire story, they did something that was a high risk. You know, it's just one of those that you have to go and get it, you know. There, there was a point in their life where it was like, hey, what, what, what you know. Yep. And I, and do I, I play it safe or do I just go yeah. for this shit, you know, like. And you always see it's like that uncomfortable, uncomfortability is what, what makes you, you know, and, and, you, and you learn from and being uncomfortable in situations and adapting to it and learn. And you really got to put yourself out there. And it's hard when, you know, especially I know a lot of guys from Albuquerque, you know, that never get out, mm. never see. The Navy really helped me, bro. I was, I was 16 wild, uh, you know, not to go too much on it. Did but it teach I, you, like, I, discipline? I, it did, bro. Okay. It taught, and it taught me. I, my, I was susceptible to my surroundings. Growing up in Albuquerque, I mean, it's it's a tough place, bro. Albuquerque is no joke. I mean, it's just the per capita murders like Detroit, you know. And I really want to go back and hopefully change things one day. And I, I, I hope it gets better. It's basically the south side, but the whole city. And so, growing up, I was... I always, Easy now. Easy now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, but it's, it, that's why, that's why, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why Roy. Heck, that's why you relay, huh? You come relay, over here. You know, they're all talking about going to Albuquerque and they're all going to come down and meet them friends. And that's the beauty of life, right? Introducing new people. And usually like-minded people end up meeting those people and they're like, damn, I like that guy, you know? So, but anyway, you know, back to it. I, uh, I got, I got lucky. Ended up, uh, facing an attorney general. His name was Richard Senna. I still haven't found this guy. I want, I've been looking for him on Facebook. I called the attorney general's office. He retired, uh, but he gave me a kind of a second chance. And, and then I joined the Navy, and somehow I ended up in rescue swimmer school, and I became a rescue swimmer. Coming from Albuquerque, like, didn't grow up swimming or anything like that. So that was a challenge. I think those little things in the Navy, you know, passing rescue swimmer school, accomplishing something for the first time in life at 19, 20, seeing the other world and going to, like, Dubai, Mombasa, Seychelles, and be like, well, I mean, there's a brothel here? Like, this is how people live over here? Like, this, whole, is, totally this is how they crazy. do things? Like, yeah. And you meet different cultures. And it really, it really opened my mind. And I, I tell anybody that's like, doesn't have a plan. From 18 to 23, I had a blast. I traveled. The Navy, you know, there were times where it was hard and you're away yeah. from your family. Uh -huh. But you come back at 23 with a whole new perspective. Right. And you get out of that bubble where yeah. you're like, damn, like, I thought life was this way. But no, there's a lot more out of this thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, right. it's, it's, it's very eye-opening. I feel like... Yeah, people need to travel to different did they, cultures. Did they and ever shit. throw you in the middle of the ocean and just fucking make you figure oh, it out? All the time. Is that, the time. Isn't that your, your biggest fear? No, yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, we were saying, like, one of my biggest fears, like, they throw me off of a helicopter at night in the ocean. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done, bro. Depends what drown. sea state. Depends what sea state you're working with, bro. Because it's like it's dark as hell. I don't know what the fuck is under me. The ocean is one of those things yeah. where it's like we don't know what's in the ocean, bro. Like I feel like. So how do you handle a situation like that? Like what is your? your don't they tie you too? What's your mentality before they're you're about to fucking jump? So I'm telling you, bro. I tell everybody the story. It's like 
when they really, one of the biggest tests is, you know, one, we have an underwater swim that's 25 meters underwater and you go from one side to the other. But the other one is they take off your mask, they throw it down and you're 16 feet. It's Olympic pool, 16 feet. So you got to go down, grab your mask. The instructor goes down, you put the mask on and you got to go like this and blow out your nose. So the water goes out of your goggles when you put the mask on. And the instructor's got to look at you and see that the water level went down and give you a thumbs up. Gives you that thumbs up. Then you got to go to the top, put your snorkel in. And once you get to the top, you barely can let your, your snorkel pop out and you got to stay there. The instructor's looking at you. You got to use whatever thing you got in the tank. Whatever you got in the tank, you got to go. And the water goes out your snorkel and you just. And you look at them and you breathe and then you can come up. Well, I used to get flustered, man. And then you're wasting your first air on the mask here. And you're the already your the breath. anxiety and shit. Yeah. That makes it worse, too. So my yeah. boy's like, yo, he's like, you always, you always listen to R&B. Like, he's like, just sing, like, what's, what's your song? And I'm like, bro, rolling down 95. Yes. And like, I just, once I started getting an R&B song, and you re- <laughs> the, the water will humble you. And, but you stay calm. You lose that. You, you, I mean, scientifically, you use less oxygen, so you burn less oxygen because you're you're calm. Your heartbeat is slower. Muscles aren't using it. You're not tense. So once you kind of get that, and and you realize that you can kind of outlast longer, mm. and you get comfortable in the water, it gets yeah. easier. How long can you hold your breath for? I've never like because I know I've heard I've timed it. A lot of people can do it for like five minutes. Oh. I feel like you have to train your lungs to do that. But I'm like. It's a long ass time, bro. Like, well, it's all it's all an art too. Like, I remember when we first did our underwater swim, I was just kind of going down a little bit and then swimming to the other side. My boy's like, nah, you got to go straight down. It compresses your lungs. He's like, so it holds your oxygen. You can last longer. So what you do is you go straight down and then you tread the bottom. He's like, because you're just kind of holding. You tread the bottom all the way there. So I'm like, oh, okay. Mm. So I was like, ah, it makes sense. So your ears pop. You know what I mean? When you go low enough, he's like, so you just tread the bottom and it compresses your air. You can last a little longer. So, I mean, I'm sure there's tricks just like that exercises. But for the rescue swimming, it was just more like as long as you can complete the task and the obstacle. That's that's how you passed. It wasn't like who could hold the breath longest. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was, it was, it it taught me a lot, bro. It was cool. It was, it's different. I used to think at times like, Damn, what's everybody doing back home? Like, what are my boys doing right now? Like the missing out kind of thing. Yeah, like, damn, like, yeah. you know, the parties and, like, the scenes and, like, yeah. And then college life, right? You're watching, like, American Pie or all these, like, you know, uh, I forget that, Lampoon or what, what those, those movies are. But you're watching, you're like, I never went to college. You know, I'm kind of doing this life. So what's that show called that it's like a bunch of football players? Uh, Blue Mountain State. Yeah, yeah like that. <laughs> I, you know, we'd watch that on the boat oh, and all the guys would be like, yeah. And that's the cool part about the Navy, the camaraderie. Everyone's the same age. He's from Queens. This was from Alabama, Montgomery. Like this dude's from Everybody's uh, out there trying to beat some walls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, they're all different people. So it's like, it's cool. And then you start to understand like, oh, that's what they do it in Chicago. Okay. That's why you like, Okay. It's cool. Like, it opens you up because you're just used to your boys back home. Right, right. And you did that for how long? It's four years. Four years. So, yeah. full four years. Man. That's so, when they, because it's four year contracts, right? Four year contracts. Right. So, they, on the second round, you were like, nah, I'm going to yeah, go like try they, some new they, shit. Yeah, they came up, and I was, I was always that dude. I was like, guys, all right, worst case, we get out, we, nothing happens. You don't think the Navy's going to take you back? 
So I was always that one, like, they'll take you back. Let's get out. We can use our GI Bill. Starting to figure out oh, what the benefits take are. Weighing the, yeah. weighing the risks. Yeah. And for me, I was like, I'm definitely going to get out. See what I could do. And because you do get kind of, I mean, you get paid on the 1st and the 15th. You start to understand your job, your duties. And you know the Navy's got you and you're going to retire in 20 years. You know, so, 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 and, and people do make it a good career and, and, and you can't, but I, I was always the one weighing the odds and I knew I needed to get out and chase something. Yeah. Do you guys think, uh, you guys can do like any kind of military for four years of shit? Why not? You joined the Air you, Force? You, I would do the Air Force. I got sworn in and everything, but I didn't graduate. I would join the Air Force. It's just because it's yeah. a little bit relaxed and shit. <laughs> I got the squad. I can't get thrown in the water like that. <laughs> the water okay. I'm a good swimmer. I'm a good yeah, swimmer. But okay. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I don't even go to the lake. I'm like, nah, fuck that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I grew up in an island and shit, so like, I, I'm a good swimmer, but... Throw me in the water, no shit, tied up, I'm done. So how long you guys had this podcast going? You guys been, you were doing this in AV's garage, huh? Yeah, started at my apartment, and then from there we shifted over to AV's garage, and then now we're oh, here. Oh, so man, it's, let's it's go. Been, it's been, it's been, what, a, almost a, a year and a half? A year, yeah. year and a half, yeah. So it's been, it's been a, the journey, man. It's been That's quite cool, the journey, bro. Man. I love that. Yeah. This is episode 70. 70. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. 70 weeks. Just I mean, poop, poop, poop. And that's what they say, right? Content, content, content. Grow it. Put it out there. Put it out there. Put it out there. Yeah, it's, it's more of being patient, man. I think sometimes we tend to stress a little too much when it comes to putting shit out there because it's like, damn, we feel like we can reach more people and shit. But I think it's, it all would come at its time because we're putting it out there, you know? Yeah. And I stress. Personally, me, I'll be like, shit like i'll sit down and like start editing clips and like i i was getting putting too much into it where i was getting burned out it wasn't out. productive i was getting burned out so i was you, like you start getting annoyed it's like I, when you yeah. play a game too much and it's like mm-hmm. man fuck this game so and the minute like, you take a break and you come back to it start killing you're shit. like damn oh that's how you unlock that yeah so it's like I, I was like i just need to chill keep doing the flow we're doing and not get to that yeah. point of burnout because that's the worst bro getting to that point I've of burnout there. like i'm pretty sure you faced it in yeah, your business I've side of things there. where like fuck like you know what I'm saying? Like, what's next? Like, how do I fucking, you know? I mean, literally, when it all ended, I'm like, damn. But I was pumped. I'm like, we're going to start this again. Obi, you know, he, he fired everybody that I had brought on the company originally. So they all got let go. Found some of them jobs at the old company. And, but I, but it was, this was before I figured out that I was going to be able to consult. I was just going to get that money and say, let's start it again. But again, it was that, like, damn, I got to do this all over again. Like, now I'm all. But it, was, it also was that same, like, come on, you could do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you could do it. Uh, and then I ultimately ended up working in the consulting route. Um, and then I actually ended up helping my, you know, now that I've had more of this time, you know, because when you have employees and overhead and buildings and something pipe leak, you, mean, you always got to be on it, you know. With consulting, I, I just got to focus on my client. My client's good. I got time. So my stepdad, he was working for the Ramada Hotels in Albuquerque. And uh, he, he, got, he was getting let go because they, the original owner, they were, they were super close to them. They took care of him. They sold to a group of doctors. Doctors came in. They wanted to hire his position at like 30000 less. So he's like, I need to look somewhere else. You know, I, I can't do that. Can't work for that. So I said, Dad, you know a lot of people in Albuquerque. Like, I'm okay. I'm doing good right now. Like, how about I put some money in? And we get Obi to help out because Obi kind of got let go of GCG or you know Dynamic when I sold the company. So I bring him over and 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 to this day now Obi's a partner, my stepdad's a partner, and I own part of the business. And they run it in Albuquerque, and we're uh, we're like a heating and cooling, 
like more commercial facility maintenance. So since he ran the Ramadas, we got a couple hotels to sign us on as they're basically their like service side. So we take care of their HVAC ACs. We change their filters in the rooms and the ACs. So, so it's going good. And I, I was able to help grow that. Uh, we started that. You said you're not going to go look for a job. We're going to make a fucking job. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. And, oh, bro, seeing my dad, like, like I should have done this years ago, mijito. Like, hey, you know, he knows a lot of people. And then they're like, Ed, you need to talk to this person. Yeah. Next thing you know, we're in front of a GM hotel. And I'm backing him up. And I'm like, hey, we can do this. This is what we'll charge you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be less than, than having maintenance guys on, on, on staff. And you got the knowledge of a, of a guy that can run your whole AC. So, it's wild, man. Sometimes our yeah. parents need, like, our... Uh, push yeah, you know, exactly. like, yeah that's like exactly. my dad it was a similar story like he basically was a welder his whole life and then we just once we were grown it's like bro you don't gotta buy shit for us no more so just follow your dream you know right. so he's been he's been doing good now he's just fucking building cabinets and kitchens and shit, I, so oh. yeah i feel like with that is like it's that old school mindset of like working for somebody you know so it's like it goes back to what you said like sometimes they need that push from like us that well, we Well, I think know. they're so used to like they don't want to have a that they don't want to have like a week where there's no work and it's like my kids still got to eat and shit. 100%. It's But as you know like you said, I'm doing good. I I don't need anything, so just follow, like if anything you just got to f- find enough money to fucking pay your like that's, that's how it. the conversation went. Look, I'm going to pay you. This is what I'm going to pay you. How about we try it for 6 months if it doesn't work out? You can still go do the same plan you're going to do and try and for work real. for, you know, who you're trying to work for. So that was it. And I think with that, that relief, I know I'm going to get paid. I know Casey's done well. We're going to be okay. That gave him like the, he's not worrying about just making a quick transaction. He was actually looking for the big contract deals. And I was like, good, because you, you don't just need to worry about making it. Because he's like, we're not making any money. I'm like, don't worry about that. I know business. I know it takes time. But if you focus on that, you're just going to look for the tick for tat, the small $200 job here, $400 job here. When we need to focus on building a company. So, it, it, bro, it's worked out. It's been so cool. And seeing him and then OB running in and now being a partner and owning 33% of it. I mean, it's it's been really... OB actually went on the trip with us to Tulum. Nice. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. We all went to Tulum. And, and they know Obed because Obed lived here for about three years when we, when we were with Dynamic. Um, but, yeah, bro, it's entrepreneurship and just learning and creating. I mean, I, I went to West Mesa High School in Albuquerque. I got no college experience and I just had the drive to learn and learn yeah. from others and be open to criticism. And how do you go about figuring out, like, you mentioned percentages. So how do you figure out percentages? Like Everything's a negotiation. Like, you just got to, you really got to, you know, sometimes I got to think and I'd be like, you know, I, I remember there was a point almost where me and my partner split up early on and he actually asked for 51% of the company. And he was actually finally fifty one. Why such a? Because he uh, wanted the. He wanted obviously he wanted the power. Now now for sure I know he just wanted that power of. Voting. He wanted that extra one. <laughs> yeah, and I really had to think about it. And I was like, nah. I was like, you know, I'm the the fifty percent. The way you're gonna get that money back is through me. So I I I got to stick at fifty. And we ended up sticking at that and signing that. But again, I could have leaned the other way, and and I had to sit there for a few hours and be like, hey, what is this whole concept? How did we get here? Okay, I, I was doing good in this industry, and now I understand. I see an opportunity, and I don't have any cash, so he's bringing that. So these two pieces need each other to exist, and it's really sitting down and being honest with yourself. And then when you come to the table like that, and in negotiating for me, I always just like to come to the table straight. Like I'm not trying to say a higher number, Lord. I mean, this is what I want. This is what I think is fair. 
you know, but everyone has their tactics. I mean, it's business. Yeah, I think that's the the uh, interesting part of business is the negotiations, the saying the right words to catch your potential client's attention. Like, how do you do that, and like, what works for you? Uh, for me, once I spent enough time understanding like the lease model and how it benefited the tribe, and how GCG as a company was able to give, like for instance, the tribe cash up front for a contract. So now they collateralize the machines on their floor. We pay for them. So they have no, they, you know, the machine costs anywhere from twenty to $24,000 a piece. So they're expensive. You know, they're expending that capital, whereas GCG told the tribe, use that capital you have to build your tribe, build the casino. So, you know, that's what they did. Chickasaw's built three towers on Windstar, 500 rooms each, and they used that capital to do that where they didn't have to worry about buying the machines. Where tribes in California were buying their own machines. So they're expensing growing and purchasing their floor at the same time, where I was like, this is a great model. It's a win-win-win. And so once I understood that, I was like selling Red Bull to people that like caffeine. You know, it was easy. It was like, just, I just got to be honest with the tribe, and I got to be who I am. And once, once it's not even like selling, then you become friends with them. Then it's more of a relationship. It's, it's not even business at that point. Yeah. So uh, I got lucky with the model. Yeah. So as far as... Uh, it, what brought you here to Oklahoma? What was it? Was it the, the Navy or was it you just trying to be like, I'm going to try this spot over here and shit? Or? So I, I've always had this, uh, this favorite book and it's called The Alchemist. And on my handle on IG, it's MacTub because there's in the book, I, I like audiobooks, but they say MacTube. But this, this, the, the definition of MacTube is like, it's your personal legend. It was written. And so an alchemist always talks about your omens. It's by Paul Kaleo and talks about like just kind of looking for things and following and trusting like kind of kind of in the universe, you know. And so I'm back home. I knew I had to get out of the Navy. Again, I'm telling all my boys, they'll take me back. You know, I got to get out. So apply for the GI Bill. I'm getting GI Bill. I'm getting unemployment. Just get out, get a place. GI Bill is great. I mean, GI Bill gives you like three grand a month and then you go to school for free. So like I'm like, I'm is that a military sheesh. thing? It's a military thing. Okay. So you serve four years. You earn that right to use it. So I'm using it. I'm going to school for free. And I'm like, okay, maybe school is going to be a little different for me now. Like I'm older. I do want to learn business. I realize I got to take all these prereqs. I'm not even in business. You know what I mean? And I'm like really kind of frustrated. I've been back for a year. So being back with my family was the best part. Like actually seeing my little brother every day and my mom. But I was looking for that omen because I, I found that book on the boat. And, and uh, my Uncle Paul you know, he had Roland over. Roland was always visiting because he always lived in OKC. We happened to be visiting. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I need to transfer to, like, another school. Like, maybe I just need to go to a big school. Shit, maybe I could walk on again. This is, like, me fresh out the Navy at 23. So I'm, I'm just jacked, like, still rescue swimmer school. Out. So I'm like, maybe I could walk on a team, you know, something, something different. So we're looking at schools. Michael Paul's like, how about Oklahoma? You ever, like, OU? Like, you can go, you know, one more year here, and then you could transfer. And Roland's in the room, and he happens to say, like, well, Casey, like, you know, and credit to him, this is a good person. That's why I always, I'm always interested in others. But he's like, well, what do you want to do? Like, what are you good at? And I'm like, man, Ro, I don't know. Like, I think I'm good at talking to people. Like, I always feel like I can communicate with people. And we, you know, I, I, so I don't know, maybe like hospitality. Well, he's like, he has another company as well. It's called Tradition Spirits. And they own all the bars and restaurants in the Chickasaw facility. So Riverwind, Chips and Ales, like all those places are Tradition Spirits. He's like, you remind me of this guy, Brian, at the hotel. He's the GM there, and he, you know, he's in the hospitality. He's like, maybe you should come out to Oklahoma and do an internship. And you know, if you do want to go to OU, I know a lot of people on the OU campus, and you could tour it. That's my omen. 
Like, that's my moment. Like, me and my friend Frankie had just got this new place. I had a lease on the place. Like, had to break the lease. Like, didn't want to tell Roland any of these things. I just wanted to take his opportunity, and I said, this is it. So he says, you know, you leave in three weeks. Like, it's May, so my semester's over. So I break the lease. Uh, I remember I go with, like, 80 bucks, and I forget the key to his house. He left it at my grandma's for me to take, and I, I just, by the time I passed Amarillo in my little Honda Civic, I was like, I forgot the key! <laughs> and he doesn't fly in from out of business until Sunday to his house. Uh, so this is Saturday. So I pull up to Riverwind, because he lives by Riverwind, and I'm like, man, mom, I'm like, I forgot the key. She's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, he don't get in until Sunday. I'm like, I got 80 bucks. Like, I'm at this casino. My mom's like, oh, so I walk in, go to the blackjack table, throw it down, boom. Uh, I just bet it all right, because I'm like, I'll have enough for a hotel room after the 80, I'll flip it. <laughs> I got like a 13, bro. I, I went back to the car, I laid down the trunk, man, I slept, bro. It was hot, it was May, so I woke up, it was all sweaty, I scrounged up some change, I got a, the McDonald's is right there, I got uh. a double cheeseburger, and I waited till Sunday, so... Sunday, you know, he lands, he flies in, he's like, so, he's like, Casey, you know, how, how was, how, you know, I stayed at a hotel, I was like, it's great, I actually read the, the mission statement for Tradition Spirits, and I understand, like, kind of what you do a little more, made it sound like I've had the best time before he's gotten there, I've done my research, but I just was chilling in the car, bro, walking the parking lot of Riverwind, until he got there, and then, uh, once I started working with Tradition Spirits, I started to realize the other thing that I had learned in the Navy, besides the Alchemist book, which was, I used to look at guys like Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins was real big then. This is like 2012. And so he was always like, yo, you're the means of your five best friends. Like, yeah. he always talked about the room you associate, the people you hang around with. I'm like, yeah, you know, and in Albuquerque, when I got out of the Navy and I had all this life experience, I felt like I was always telling my friends, we need to do this, we need to do this. And I was, and I'm like, I need to be in a room where I'm the dumbest person in the room. You know, sometimes that's hard because you need to be humble to that. But when I hung out with Roland and his friends, I was like, I'm the dumbest person in the room, but I want to ask questions and I want to be like these guys. So that was the biggest thing that made me tell Roland, like, hey, explain to me more how you do things here. I was always asking questions. That's what he always told me. He's like, you ask questions the first time you got here. And I, I think that's important. I always yeah. tell people to ask questions. Don't feel intimidated. And so he would tell me and I would listen. And, and the relationship grew. I ended up getting a small place in Moore. Uh, it was like the countryside villa on 89th and I-35. So I was writing more. Um, I had a girl at the time. She moved in, and I started working for the company. $15 an hour, wheelbarrow in the back. But I was the wheelbarrow in the back. Roland never gave me any benefit of the doubt, but he'd always invite me on the weekends to go to the OU box or go to a Thunder game with David Hatton. He's another mentor of mine. <laughs> Met him through Roland. So once I started to meet those folks, I was like, I need to stay here. There's something You said, fuck the paycheck. Place. This is more about, yes, yeah. $15 an hour. It's not about that. It's not about, oh, everyone in Albuquerque is like, oh, he moved out there. Everyone in the Navy is like, oh, Casey's working 15 bucks an hour. Like, it wasn't about that for yeah. me, though. They didn't know. They didn't know what I was around. And so that and was. And I think that's the thing that people aren't willing to do is take that, that pay cut or that, uh, yeah, that year of eating shit, as, as Gary V would yeah. say, to just. Live that year, that years, because it could take years. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could Bro, take years, you yeah. know. But I mean, I think like with him, it would like how long the did Navy you? Was the same way. It was all a journey. It's been, you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't just hit. I mean, you always see those kids that get rich at like 22, and you're like, I don't know if that would be good. You know what I mean? Because. <laughs> It's I would have been doing. I would have been doing a whole lot of blow, and probably <laughs> my peepee would have been falling off already. Yeah, 
bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Strong. That's, that's not. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that's a good idea. No, I feel like shit. <laughs> that shit. Yeah, it happens for a reason, man. It's the reason why. <laughs> shit, I'm still broke and shit. Cause, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, but it's just a learning experience. I feel like uh, it's sacrifice because I'm at that same point, like, of like, I'm part time right now, and I feel like I manage a lot of my bills, cut a lot of my bills, and it's like I'm sacrificing like a lot of stuff. Because I see this vision, I see I, that there's more. Like I, I, I don't have to feel attached to a job to 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 provide. You know, what I'm saying I can do more than just yeah. stick to to a job full time and be like, hey, give me more hours. Can I put more o- overtime and shit? Because right. yeah, these you can put a lot of like effort, time, and go the extra mile. And at the end of the day, you get replaced. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, You're, yeah, that's uh, what always drove me too. Yeah, it always same, drove me too. Same. But, you know, I think it's also just like, it took me a while to get out of the mindset of being like, kind of like an employee too, you know, starting to think like, well, I just need to ask questions how this place is run. Because I feel like if I know how it's run, and again, simplifying it to what service do they really provide to whatever they're doing, whatever process, however this business is successful, and starting to understand those fundamentals, which really, they all correlate to all other businesses, the same fundamental questions that you need to ask. And I think what I, Roland's what got me thinking like that because I used to just listen to him talk. You know, sometimes I go to dinners with him where he'd invite me with mutual associates or friends or he had to meet a lawyer for dinner and he'd just invite me. And it kind of, you know, I'm sitting there eating a good steak and mahogany, but I am not saying, I didn't say anything the whole hour. You're just absorbing. I literally just listen, yeah. And, you know, they're talking to each other and they're talking about what deals they need to do. And, and that was huge, though, just listening and understanding his thought process because his thought process was like, a higher level where I feel like when you've been an employee for so long or even in the military and understanding that you you hit rock, rock breaks, you take rock breaks to this pile. You know what I'm saying? You're like, not you're not thinking you're, you're not thinking how the bricks were made or yeah, how or are we gonna what's get, the purpose of doing all this and having us do this for the overall mission, you know, and not thinking in that limelight. Okay, so this question might be too controversial, but fuck it. <laughs> uh You've been in the military, so uh, why are we out there? Why are we, like, what are we fighting for? We, we are there to stand watch. Literally, that's all the Navy and the Army and the Marines are, is to stand watch. So to simplify it in, like another, in another format where like if I'm just working in the Navy, a watch is where I like we pull into a foreign port and the ship is docked, and there's a pier. And in order to get on the pier, you have two guards in the front, right? That's a watch. So you'd stand five hours watch, hold your gun, hold your M16. Anybody that came on the, on the pier, you would check identification, let them go through. Well, when we would go on six-month deployments, and the ships from Virginia go and patrol the Mediterranean, there's a fleet. There's two carriers. There's six destroyers. Oh, and shit. the fleet is just going around the Med. There, and and some, some of it's a fun time. We're, we're, we're parking in Barcelona. The carriers are going to Madrid. And we're all in the med, but we're, we're present. And all the other countries and everyone around the world knows that we're present. And everyone's, we're, we're standing watch. So when that fleet comes back, another fleet of six destroyers, six carriers, they go out for six to eight months. They go around the med. They do what they need to do. They come back. We replace them. We're all just standing watch. All these posts that we have strategic. And I think there's guys in the government that just sit in a room all day, right? And they got this chessboard of just cool, like, risk. You ever play risk? I feel like that's a real thing, you know? But the Pentagon's got that. And they're just, we're, we're, we're aware. We're always there. And America's always there to strike. So, so anybody in the military, they, they, they stand watching. 
You know, we need it because that's why we're free. So and it's not necessarily why, like the movies where you just see motherfuckers blowing up left and right. You know, and when you got war, it's different. You know, when a country goes into war with another country, then you got a purpose. And then, you know, there's always controversy with what that purpose is. And it's real political, like Vietnam or Iraq. Right. Or, so that's a whole different subject. But, you know, really what we are is we're, we're just there to stand watch. And so other countries don't implement some tax or they don't they got ideas of how they think the world should be ran and and if we don't have that watch there to kind of show presence and they and they, they teach you that when you stand and watch at the gate they say at the gate your biggest thing is to other people that are trying to harm the boat is show presence so they always say don't slouch keep your uniform straight show your show show your presence show show that you're that, ah we better not rush that gate you know so that's why the military is always trying to be sharp. They're always perfecting, you know, and, and they stand their watch. Yeah. That kind of simplifies it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You basically just got to keep the guns ready. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. It's like that guy that walks into Walmart with his fucking hip pistol, you know? He's like, I guess, you know. That, that to me is a dumb idea, though. <laughs> I agree. Like, yeah, why I'm am I going to show a gun? Yeah, I'm going to be the first target if something happens, like. Those people that love to show their gun, I think it's more of a pride thing, in my yeah. opinion, because, like, you pull up, and some robbers pull up, guess who they going to shoot? You, because you got the gun. You're showing it right there, right. you idiot. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So how does that shit work, man, here in Oklahoma, the whole gun thing? Like, I you can just, you. can you just carry a... I couldn't tell you, bro. I know I got it on me. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Okay. Uh, but I know I heard it's like we don't need a license anymore, something, yeah, like, that. something like that. But I, I don't pay attention. I think at the end of the day, if somebody's gonna shoot you, they're gonna shoot you with or without the license. So stay out of trouble. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> but so you have uh, your family all's in Mexico, New Mexico, New Mexico and shit, and like, Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah, you're the only one here, just yep. getting it type shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how often do you travel back? Bro, all the time. All the time. So uh, when COVID actually hit, uh, which was so great, like I had obviously this transition period. COVID's not great, but when it hit, you know, I went back home and I was like, I'm not gonna get locked down in my place by myself here in OKC. Got a couple friends, but so I go back home and just to spend quality time because you get caught up in the the chase. You get caught up in the success. You get caught up in little wins. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I've always kept my heart close to home, and home is where I end up want to end up, you know, being. Uh, but this last year and being kind of locked down and spending quality time at home was really, really cool. It really reminded me of like high school. Cause I mean, I, right after high school was when I left to the Navy and I really been on the road kind of since, you know, I came back for that year after, but just kind of been gone. I always come in on a sporadically random weekend, surprise mom, you know, my sister. And I'm really like a dad to my little sister and my, my little brother. So it's. It's Hell always yeah. good to be home, yeah. Hell yeah, man. Uh, so if you had to take anything from this whole business experience, what would it be? Like um, lessons? Know what you're doing it for, you know? No, like, I mean, obviously, I've, I'm, a, I'm a big J. Cole fan. You know, he always talks. One of the best songs that really got me, because I followed J. Cole from the beginning when he was real hungry and you had Friday Night Lights and Grown Simba and mm -hmm. it was like all about chasing the dream and, you know, meeting Muhammad in New York and, and, and f getting Jay-Z to sign him. And then he drops Forest Hills Drive, and then he drops the whole album, and he kind of releases it in the way of his life, you know, with the Wet Dreams and then Tale of Two Cities and then him coming up. And then at the end, he ends it with kind of like Love Yours. And, and kind of meeting these people that Roland has introduced me to, I've seen folks that have money where they can buy pretty much everything they want. 
but they're sad and they're not happy and their life is in shambles and, and, and but they have all the resources. So I'm like, okay, well, if that's the case, then resources, they don't get you everything, you know? So, you know, understanding what you're doing it for and like, do you want business to, because you want to be, even if it is financially stable, that, that's a good goal too. And to take care of certain, but like, I think sometimes that goal could start off that way. And then once you find the success, it changes you. And I also saw that in like, you know, credit to Roland. He always talked about his mistakes and how money changed him. And, and then when he ended up losing it all, it humbled him. And he was eventually able to get his success back and, and start another company at 40. But like he got humbled. And I think the world and the universe always will humble you. Uh -huh. And you could lose track of what you set out for sometimes. And I feel like when I go back to Albuquerque, it always reminds me of like why I really why I started, you know, and it takes you back to square run. So biggest thing I take from is like, don't get lost in it. Don't get lost in the sauce. Don't get don't lost let, in the uh, sauce. Yeah, yeah, don't let uh, and it's a, it's a It's a switchblade sword because you need to get lost in the sauce to figure yourself out and find the success and cut everything out. Everyone telling you this, that. Sometimes you need to get lost in the sauce, but then sometimes you get lost too long and, you know, you uh, man, I like, your... I forgot who said it, but like money, I, Dizzy Wright, Dizzy Wright, that's my favorite rapper. He said, uh, Money basically makes the the real person come out of you, because whenever you want to do something and you don't have money, you can't really do it because you don't have the money. But when you have money, you can do whatever the fuck you want. That's, so that's uh, Rich Homie Quan said that shit too. Did he? I yeah, just seen that shit. Uh, kind of like a drunk mind speaks a true heart. Like you know, like mind it. sauce. So you can, yeah. now you can get whatever you want. So your true actions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You Rich Homie Quan said it. He was like, want. when I was broke, I was just pretending to be someone I wasn't because I didn't have the money to be who I want. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah, yeah. in a way, it, 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 can, it, it can expose who you really are as well, too. Yeah. So. And enlighten you to what's important. You know, thankfully, I did meet those people where I was like, man, they have it all, but they're not happy. Well, okay. And I'm always a big believer in balance. Everything in life is balance. Everything in moderation Ying is not Yang. too high on your highs, too low on your lows. So it was like, okay, it's all about chasing what these dreams are, but also reminding you of what's in front of you today and... I think guys like J. Cole, you know, YouTube, people like Gary, I think all of them have good messages like that that you can relate to. So it's also searching for that wisdom, too. Dame Dash said, uh, you got you to gotta make sure that you're fly and you're having fun while you're getting money. He's like, because I go to these uh, executive offices and these guys, you know, their their money's getting long, but so so is their belly and their breath is their breath is worse every year. <laughs> He's like, they look just miserable, man. Yeah. Like, you got all this fucking money, Mind, but body, spirit, career, yeah, you got to take balance. There's a saying that says you have to find five hobbies. One to make you uh, stay healthy. One to enhance your creativity. Another one to, I don't know if you've seen that. Probably find wealth. Uh, another one to find wealth, to make you money. Yeah. The other one is to, to, to get your, your mindset. Uh, okay. And then the fifth one is spiritually. See, like, I like Meditate, yeah. like all those hobbies are going to make you a better person. So I've, I've definitely Im implemented that into my, you know, especially like the mentally and spiritually. Like I feel like with all this shit going on, the hustle, the grind, like you yeah. said, it's like mentally sometimes it can be exhausting. So it's like. Finding your, you know, yourself. I've seen Roy been hitting the, 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 the sack and shit, going hard, you know, working out and shit. So, how's that been for you, bro? <laughs> that's been great. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, we got the reporter. Oh, one, two, oh, one, two. It's been two. great. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, what got you, like, let me get it, you know what I'm saying? And you're training with one of the best. Shout out to Saicelo, man. Bro, best trainer in the world. 
I don't know, bro. I just want to get healthy. Yeah. You know, just, I knew that, that 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 was gonna, if anything, that was gonna like, fuck you up, push me over the limit. Okay. And the first day when I threw up, I was like, okay, I'm in the right <laughs> oh, place. Shit. I'm in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very, so was it very raw? Yeah, was it something like a wake up call where it was like I got to get to like? Oh, hell? I remember uh, I went to my soccer game and tried to play, and I felt like I had cinder blocks on my feet. Like, yeah, no, nah, but it was great. It was good. Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't what better trainer to have than somebody that's been there in the wars? Definitely. You know, me and Casey been to, the, to his fights and shit. Yeah, you know? man. So I say, though, man, credit. That was the best fight I ever seen. OKC stood up what, for him. Was uh, was you present for his little crazy accident that he had over there in Dallas? I was not. No, that shit no is, Casey's one of the responsible friends. He's not. He doesn't Man, it's crazy. Uh, Casey would never let Roy go through some shit like that. <laughs> That yeah. that shit right there, bro. Like, yeah, we gotta watch out for Roy, bro. Yeah, he's 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 a rock star for show, you know. <laughs> Tell us about that, man. How'd you um how'd you meet Roy and all the fading up crew? So uh, at, at the time, uh, I had two two really good friends, Matt and Frankie, that I moved from Albuquerque, and I got them jobs at GCG. So I think I got my first promotion on running the database, and I got them jobs. Well, they were like, bro, we gotta find barbers, like. Like, I know I had this one guy that I went to in Norman. Like, I haven't really found anybody consistent. So my boy Frankie's like, I heard this dude on the radio, Scissor Hands, right? Well, now Scissor's a good friend. We know how, you know, he's great at marketing. <laughs> yeah. And every crazy. OU game, man, you can hear a boomer from across the room. But uh, he calls him, calls the original shops on 23rd, and Scissor Hands Roy the phone. Frankie makes the appointment for all three of us. We're sharing my Ford Focus, living at the Harvey downtown. And so we show up, and every Thursday, we'd all three line up, and Roy would get us every Thursday. All three of y'all? All three of us. The first time I sat on the chair, he cut me. Cut me. <laughs> cut me. I started Welcome, bleeding. motherfucker. Yeah, like, damn, <laughs> bro. I'm looking at Scissor Comes. He's like, hey, bro, he, hey, what's he don't ever cut anybody like that, man. He, that's, that's rare. And, you know, Roy's like, I don't really cut any my bad, bro. He chalks it up. You know, but I'm like, this dude is so cool, bro. This is the realest one. Like, ever since that, me and Roy been boys. What time was it? What time was it when you uh, got your hair cut? It was like, it was a thirsty Thursday. <laughs> Easy now. Probably about 5, Pay attention. 5 p.m. <laughs> that explains, that explains. Yeah, you've you, you been there. Huh? Hey, yeah, yeah, you got the little scratch, but the shit is still fresh than a still motherfucker. Fresh. Yeah. Still fresh. <laughs> it's, it's probably that uh, blurry vision, you know? Yeah, that, oh, bro, and it's the best therapy. I, every time I come in the chair... I'm just catching Roy. I'll be like, all right, what happened? You know, what's the last two weeks been like? It's a party, you know, man. Like, yeah, bro. Yeah. And I'm just telling him, you know, this or that. So he's been along the journey, bro. It was a, when I was in my partnership battle, I was getting kicked out of the Montgomery. I didn't I couldn't pay rent because they froze all my payments to have money. I was giving everything to the lawyer. But Roy was going to let me sleep on his couch. So I like, bro, I, I slept, slept on a real couch one right there. Before. One day yeah, I got faded as fuck and I slept on uh, Roy's couch and he was like, hey, bro, uh, there's something about that couch. I don't know. You might you might be the next one, you know. <laughs> he's like, he's like Hatem stayed on that couch. Casey stayed on that couch. So I'm like, oh, shit, it's go, that bro. lucky couch, yeah, man. I guess so. <laughs> so you said they freeze your account? Yeah, so he uh, was able to basically like lock my account where I didn't get any disbursements. I was removed from talking to clients, uh, manufacturers. Bro, I mean, it's all said and done now. I mean, I was sitting there with a burner. I had a lot of relationships Jeez. where I was calling manufacturers. So shit was just going to the it ground. Was going down. Yeah. yeah, I had manufacturers stand up for me and say, uh, 
I, I hear you dynamic gaming is under a lawsuit so the manufacturers uh, stopped allowing credit from the company so until you figure out and resolve your partnership dispute we can't loan you or, or finance you games so that was a really big chess move for me because now he can't grow the business and he has to figure this dispute out yeah because I think his whole goal was like Casey don't got no money in the bank like let's just lock him out he's got to pay for lawyers and the lawyers are the same way I mean I had to come to a point where I didn't have no money to pay my lawyer so I had to say well Jeez. how much contingency fee are you going to get yeah and now you're like who am I who's wow. on my side I'm negotiating with him for the payment that I deserve here and he's now going to get a percent like it was so learning, you learn, you so learn throughout that. that time, what are you doing to uh, cope with all this shit? Like, are you just meditating, smoking weed, uh, getting fucked up? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, stay calm, stay, stay smart. Your network helps you. It's not about drugs, people. Bud. I definitely am a big advocate of weed. I think, yeah, all I think these drugs. <laughs> I think weed's good for people. Uh, I definitely, I think it's a lot better than alcohol. But your network, always your parents, your family, like they, nice. they're always there for you. That's what I always lean on. On, uh, have you done your research on the blockchains and shit? You know, the future of crypto and shit, bro. So when I sold sold the company, I had all this money that I never had before. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to start a new company. Then this consulting thing. So I'm like, I'm going to get in the stock market. Yeah, bro. I lost 30 grand. Oh, I heard. Uh, AV mentioned that you into stocks and shit. Yeah. So I, so I've been in stocks since I sold the company in 2018. Well, I, uh, I finally, my P&L from when I lost 30 grand, I made 42,000 on a company called OCGN in January. So I had them on my watch list. Um, they created Covixin, which is a new vaccine for COVID, but in India. So, but it works on kids, right? So they, ha- they, they partnered with o- Ocugen, which is this, just this random company that they're actually uh, trying to find a cure for blindness. How so the I've, fuck do you know this so shit? So they're a pet stock. So <laughs> you got to you gotta do your research. You got to you do your research. Yeah. The, sharks and the sharks and the hedge funds every day, news is coming out, and usually they're ahead of the news. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, so, I mean, where are you finding this so, information so, and so shit? So how it happened, uh, I always just search. I'm a big fan of Reddit. Like, There's I like, follow yeah. guys like Wall Street Bets. Right. Like, I follow Dave Portney on Barcelona. Stool, pay attention, sports. babies. Yeah, you pay attention. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. So you get on Twitter, you got all these outlets. Reddit, Reddit is huge. Well, they were on my watch list because they were just a penny stock, and obviously they were finding a cure for blindness. They're going to blow up. Well, they started going up one day, and they're on my watch list. So I'm like, why are these guys that are at 60 cents? And now all of a sudden they're at like 83, which is a huge percentage gain in one day. $83? No, yeah. No, 83 cents. 83 cents. But it's just okay. a huge, yeah, yeah, like it's a 25% up. gain all of a sudden. So I see Wall Street Journal just dropped an article, and usually when there's an article, people pump the stock. So the article hits, and they basically say, and I knew enough about the company that that CEO was from India, and they manufacture their cure for blindness in India because things are cheaper. Well, since India made Covixin, they picked this company, their friends. They're going to be the basically the, the, the seller for Covixin in the U.S. They're not regulated. They're not a U.S. company, so they have to use somebody. So I'm like, oh, well, they that makes sense from a business perspective. Now they're going to get this vaccine. They're going to get able to distribute it, and they're going to give them a piece of the profit for distributing it. That means they have no overhead, and their stocks can go to the mute. So right away, I buy 20,000 shares. And like, bro, and next thing you know, like, there's a couple trades, and at the end of February, uh, the stock ends at like 18 bucks a share. And like right now, it's sitting at about nine, ten. So I made a lot of profits on selling high. Uh, got back my P and L. The whole time, I'm um, I'm listening. I listen to Gary Vee, Mark Cuban on the regular. I'm always gonna need YouTube yeah. videos. They're heavy on NFTs, crypto, blockchain. Yeah. I'm like, bro, like, let me learn more. 
So recently, I actually just transferred my whole portfolio from, except for a few shares, I'm waiting to I'll do crypto. I'll yeah, do so crypto. I'm in crypto. I'm, I'm heavy I, in crypto now. Yeah. I'm heavy in Cardano. I'm heavy in Mana, Decentraland. Yeah, that's my next investment because uh, I have a Bitcoin, Ethereum, and then I was looking into Cardano. And then there's one that's new that is called Moonsafe that okay. is uh, supposedly going to be also a pretty valuable crypto. But the blockchain, man, is crazy because they can't freeze that shit because they talk, you t- you know, you mentioned that they freeze your account and shit with the blockchain. Oh, they can't yeah. do none of that no, shit. They can't track that. it. Uh-uh. The government can take control of it. So I think that's the future. And as they keep sending out the stimulus, the dollar is going to keep depreciating. So right. Bitcoin and all these cryptos are going to be the future. So it's shit. cash trash. It's getting there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't do I don't, all these uh, dirty niggas with the shoebox money. <laughs> they got to put it into crypto. Nah, I, I mean, they're saying uh, that's digital gold is Bitcoin. It's going to take over yeah. the capital market of gold, which is nine trillion. And Bitcoin's at about a trillion now. But I, I just think I think. Bitcoin could get banned. Did you know gold was banned from American citizens at one point? In the 1930s, Freddy Roosevelt banned that. owning gold. So if you're in, And they changed the dollar was now backed by gold. So they made it the gold standard. Well, when they did that, Roosevelt said any no American can own gold. It's illegal. So I was like, damn. So you think they're going to do that with Bitcoin? They could. And India's trying to do it now. But so, and that was a big argument. And it's because of the lack of power. So what you're saying is that they they might uh, make that shit illegal? They could make it illegal. So what happens if you have like millions of dollars in fucking. Your investment starts to tank. But so that was one of the arguments. So wouldn't you just move up? My bad. Wouldn't you just like, let's say they make that shit illegal here. Like. That's my answer to that is. And that was a question that got brought to me. And I was like, man, that's a good question. And so I, I understood that, you know, Bitcoin is what discovered blockchain because blockchain mm. is Bitcoin. Yep. Well, now blockchain has evolved. So you can invest in digital gold, which that's turned into a Bitcoin. But I think what you more importantly need to invest into is blockchain itself. So now they have like having a wallet. Yeah. So no, not having a wallet, like understanding the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum on Ethereum. You can build smart contracts and build transactions on Ethereum because it has a different purpose than Bitcoin. It's a different purpose. Yeah. So understanding what that purpose is and that blockchain just basically is. And they also have now the non fungible tokens, which is your NFTs run on that blockchain of Ethereum. Ethereum. And then through certain. I'm expecting Ethereum to skyrocket. I like that and I like Cardano because they also changed. So it used to be. uh, proof of, now it's proof of stake but before it used to be proof of work which miners could mine you'd have a rig and people mine ethereum yeah they're profitable that's gone away so yeah. now it's proof of stake and proof of stake isn't how many mines you have it's about how many coins you can stake yeah so it's interesting bro and i'm doing it right now i'm getting 70 percent apy on a on a coin look it up cartesi ctsi cartesi. so i have cartesi and on my coin container right now i have eighty five thousand uh cartesi staked and they they give you 70% APY for staking your coin because I guess staking the coin on the network allows the noids to run and it, it proves the network. So you're actually growing what a, a blockchain is. So I, you need to look up staking. I mean, it's, it's a good well, yeah. So how does a, a broke motherfucker like myself get into some of this stuff like right there? Okay, looks, so my simple thought process. Cause like I, to I me, I hear it. It sounds like I need like... Like at least some ten bands to fucking nah, <laughs> nah not really. A thousand no. bucks in the next ten. I really think okay. So the the how I pulled myself back. I was like, look, I love the stock market. What got me in is penny stocks. Figuring out how you can buy some big. Games. Like I can barely pay my but, bills. How the fuck am I gonna spend on some? One hundred percent. But what I what I what I what I looked at is I was like, okay, well, 
I, you know, a, a thousand, you obviously you need a hundred X return to, to make a thousand dollars turn into something significant, right? You need those big, so I'm like, nothing else in the stock market is going to get, I don't even care if you find a 20% penny stock and it ends up being the next Amazon, You're, that's the odds of that. So I started thinking, I, and I looked at these guys like Mark Cuban and what they basically are saying is crypto is tech 10 years ago. So 10, 12 years ago in the stock market, everyone was buying retail, oil and gas companies and tech. Like some people were investing in Amazon and Apple, like small little people are throwing at tech since the last 12 years. Tech has ran the market. It's been all tech. And so I think crypto is that now. And I think crypto in the next 10 blockchain, really blockchain is going to be the future. And in the next 10 years, that's what's going to run the markets. And I think a lot of retail investors are really just driving it now. But once hedge funds and that kind of gets in there, then your, your market cap is going to go. I think the whole market cap for crypto is like a little over a trillion and apples were two trillion alone. So when those investors switch over to crypto and hopefully you're in early, I, I mean, so what's up with the whole, um, so you're not going to find that sky with a thousand dollars on any stock. So that the sky, this sky with that thousand dollars, hopefully, or the five hundred, you know, the small guy, that you could really make something big happen with it. So, so explain this to me. Like, I'm, I'm basically giving you five five hundred bucks, and then, or not you, but like the, yeah. the whatever. Then, how the fuck do I? That's well, just money that's well, like so on a card. Or I'm sorry, I'm retarded yeah. with this shit. Like, so how does it? A, how do you flip it? Like, how do you fucking like? If you go buy a, like a, a buy zip, a you flip that. And right, you know how do right. you? How do you? So yeah. like, you know how you buy a stock, and then obviously, depending on what type of stock you buy, you grow based on growth, or it's a dividend stock, and the growth's not as high, but you get paid dividends. Well, a coin, a crypto coin, there's a meaning for it, and literally what I did, bro, is I understood that blockchain and crypto and I made that choice myself that that's the future. Once I realized that, I was like, okay, well, what coin's going to be most profitable? What's going to give me a hundred X? And bro, we have access to information, YouTube. You got to make your own judgment on who you're listening yeah, to. Gotcha. And you got to uh-huh. make, you live and die on your own sword every day. But mm. chase the information. Information's out there. There's guys out there telling you, these coins going to be the next, this coin's going to be the next, but figure it out. You know? So if you buy a coin that wor- it's worth a dollar and you put five dollars and let's yeah. say that coin skyrockets into like fucking two hundred dollars a coin a thousand dollars a coin you all like you're gonna make like when you sell those coins you see you decide to sell them then shit you made a shit ton people, of money people bought bitcoins at a hundred dollars hundred twenty dollars yeah. two hundred dollars and, and, so and, and then they now it's worth sit on it one bitcoin. sit on it sit so on it sit on it if they bought a bitcoin that was worth a hundred just one and now bitcoin is worth 50k bro they've made almost 50k literally nice yeah so like, cause it's, it's one of those where it's like, you need to like understand news affected a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like it affects the market, it affects the crypto and shit. So is you got to do some research for sure. Uh, cause it's like, it's not just by guessing. Cause at that point it's gambling, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, one thing I've been into. So, so it's not, uh, for you guys, you guys don't see it as gambling. Like whenever no, you go no, into you it, you got to do it. You got to know what you're doing. I mean, if and you, there's, there's you go blind and then, yeah, if you go right now and put a hundred dollars towards whatever crypto or whatever stock then you're gambling, cause you don't know. So no how history. much time are you putting into this research and this every day and, day, it, and day. it always evolves. Yeah, I'm on YouTube See, that's every one day. Thing with me, bro, that's every that. day, and articles and Reddit, and I'm in Discord apps, and I I'm, I'm, I found groups that like. So that's that's kind of uh, like your hustle. Like you're basically, yeah. you might be in. Where were y'all? But at? you like that shit though, right? I I've learned to love. I want to be an investor now. Like, like you might I be wanna, in Cancun and uh, you're you still can check. Yeah, made a club, and then you're fucking. You just Boom. make some money. Yo, 100%. I what I'm into is the uh, foreign exchange. Oh yeah, that's Forex? my shit. Okay, that's where I found like that's, yeah, that's, pretty, yeah, that's epic. You're at the at the club, uh, everybody's spending money, and you're like, ching, 
Tur- yeah. Tur- Turkey's yeah. currency just demolished. So, so my thing is like, man, I was like, I've always been fascinated by the stock market, just investing in general. And it's like what drew my attention was like the foreign exchange. Like when I found out about it, that is literally like, you know, trading against currency, currency. pairs and shit. I was like, damn. And you can yeah. literally do that shit so anywhere. So what the fuck anywhere. is this shit that you post every day? The charts and the yeah. line that's, graphs that's, and all that yeah. shit. So that's uh, what I, it's the same thing with companies. So when you look up Apple, you see where they moved. Like in a, in a year, how they've moved, how the price went up and down. What I'm doing is similar, but it's with uh, uh, currency pairs. So like the dollar versus the fucking Japanese yen, right? So I'm seeing where it moves. And the cool thing about Forex is like, you you bet like you see not bet you kind of like draw your charts and shit and you're like all right the dollar's gonna skyrocket and then and you you place a buy you you're gonna say like the dollar's gonna go for the buy and if the dollar goes that way then it's gonna give you you're gonna get a nice payout type shit so it's yeah. like it's one of those where it's like you got to do your research because yeah. if you go in it's gambling and, and some once people I have a back to fuck up i'm gonna go to you guys so yeah. i can uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so there's different ways to invest you know a lot what he's talking about is a lot of technical analysis yep. support and resistance lines support and some resistant, people yep. some people invest technically and that's more of a trade and then some people are more fundamental fundamental mm-hmm. is what's the balance sheet what's the cash flow what do they make what are they paying dividends that's a, no the, i, that's I the think stock. i that's think yeah. yeah well and it's it could be forex too like fundamental could be what's the country doing what's their yeah, state because the, the news have to affect it a lot so, so what and what's made me a better tra- oh, yeah what's made me a better trader i think is implement and so, well some say no some say just go on the tech if it's on the support and resistance we're all in tech all i invest in is technical analysis if it's on these lines this is where i'm at these are my indicators keep it simple but simple. i i like mixing a little both because sometimes you find that technical analysis that got you a good buy-in but fundamentally this is a good idea and it's gonna go to the moon and you're not gonna pull up profit lines you're gonna let it ride so i think you gotta do a little bit of both you know but you find what works for you it, it's yeah, yeah, it goes back to like, because I say like, this is not for everybody. Everybody can eat off of the Forex, for example. Everybody can eat on, off of the crypto, but it's not for everybody. Like, I feel like it's like you have to put, you, you can't let your emotions take over because you can lose the money and you can fucking, you know, let your emotions. But you can also win it and be like, I want more. Greed yeah. can be a thing too. So I've learned how to control myself and you have to put time. And I like it. I like, like uh, the homie dad. He's like, uh. I go and spend my 60, my 80, and I'm out of there, bro. I'm out of there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, when I go out, I set a budget. 60, 80, $100, that's it. But you have to put the time, bro. I feel like you have to put the time and you so, have to okay, like it. Uh, with this whole crypto and stocks and all that, that's something for somebody, like, let's say they have a career. That's something that you can do on your off time to make some... That's side uh, hustle, bro. Okay, side with, hustle. With because of tech... And companies like Robinhood and allowing you to do it, it's opened this whole new retail investment. Actually, hedge funds are worried about it because you've seen that the power with GameStop and everything else, the power of the people and the power of everyone having it on their phone, which I love, you know, even though there was that controversy about Robinhood. Now they were that that they were they were the example. They set no commission fees. Everyone else had to follow. But then they ended up being in this controversy where they, they didn't allow us to. I lost money because Robinhood didn't let me buy. Yeah, more stock. but what you know what they were doing, though? Yeah, like well, they, they, they're owned by Citadel. I mean, they were selling your information. So when you made a buy or sell, they were like they would send that information to the hedge funds. So the hedge funds would always be, would always be ahead. 
Well, no, actually, what I'm referring to is so when GameStop and there was actually seven stocks, and I followed Wall Street Bets at the time. Wall Street Bets was like all these hedge funds are short on GameStop. They're all short, but enough float is out. The float is basically shares outstanding. There's enough shares outstanding out there that if we all buy it, we're gonna. They have to cover their shorts. Like uh, if they can't cover, they're borrowing stocks. Yeah, it'll squeeze. So he got everybody on board. Different influencer groups took their people. And sure enough, GameStop got stopped while Citadel owned a lot of those short positions and they also own part of Robinhood. So what happened the next day was Robinhood said, okay, on these seven companies, and it wasn't just GameStop, there was another company called CTRM, which I was really long on. And the next day it says on your app and it says, you can only close positions on this stock. You can't purchase more. Well, to me, that's messed up because... In order to protect my investment, us retail investors needed to buy more. So you're telling me I can invest with you, but now I can't buy more to protect my investment? Well, immediately, everyone's faced at at their house with their own decision, like, you can't buy anymore, and everyone starts selling. You start to see a big, massive sell. Well, Robinhood did that to the traders, and it was kind of messed up because they were supposed to be the pioneers that came in and said, we're Robinhood. You know, you get the idea of Robinhood still from the rich right. to the poor. You guys got no no commission trades. Power to the easy, people. Power to the so people. So they fucked it up. They fucked yeah. up the whole. So they it went kinda, against what they were so preaching. They lost the Suck a shit. They're Suck filing their IPO here soon. I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes, but. Yeah, they, they kind of screwed it up there. It was messed up. That's why I couldn't do it, bro. I couldn't do all that shit. That sounds too stressful. If I'm going to spend my time, I'm, I'm going to be spending it on, like, learning how to fucking do a craft or... Me, personally. But that's a skill, I'm not though. judging anybody, but I'm like... But that's one of those where it's like... If it don't make you happy. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I couldn't like, do it. I, I look at it, and, like, I'm not... Like, I have stocks, but it's not, like, my main focus. Like, crypto and, like, Forex is my shit. But I see that shit, I'm like, it's interesting how... It, fucking moves but i didn't have that much money invested like i can only imagine the stress of people that went right you know put a lot of dough into that and like yeah let's talk about credit a little bit man how important is credit uh i don't think it's that important i think it's so stressed upon the blue collar worker that i mean but but when i grew up it was a real stress and it was like it, it got to the point where like people were just always worried about their credit score and it was always and like honestly at the end of the day i mean you've seen trump He's gone bankrupt multiple times. His credit's probably been jacked. When you go bankrupt, you're obviously your credit's yeah. it, it, it's affected. And he's done it multiple times and still able to figure out how to get that money. And usually every time I start, I was able to borrow money, whether it was the investor that backed me with Dynamic Gaming or us as an inve- as a Dynamic Gaming group finding, you know, GCG actually loaned us a million dollars when we first got into business, the company I worked for. So That's let a me, whole other story. Sorry. But I, I, no, I didn't need credit for any of that. I just needed the idea oh, and the shit. talk. So what you're saying is that you you borrowed large amounts of money without with, having, zero, with a fucking 500 credit score. Yeah, exactly. 100%. <laughs> yeah. 100%. So Damn. like but it's all about the mouthpiece. It's all about also taking ri- I mean, you know, it's I, I just feel like there's a lot of things that the that the the way of living stresses the regular worker out. You know, we just went to Tulum. The best part about Tulum was seeing these things. These these Mayans were so smart. They're the best astrologers out there. They had all these obsidian, these great ideas. They created the Mayan calendar. And I think every day it was either, okay, some of us need to hunt. Some of us need to build because that's a way of life. But let's just think about why we're here and how we get out of here. And I think we're just distracted by so many things that stress us out as the yeah. blue-collar worker mm-hmm. yep. that we don't need to be. And the white-collar doesn't even think about those things. Blue collar, white collar, 
explain the differences for the yeah, dumb I mean, niggas. so the blue collar is your average nine to five, right? He works uh, either drywall painting. Uh, my grandpa worked at, worked you know drywall his whole life. Your or eight moving hours, company. You're, you're, yeah, you're nine to five. Eighty, hundred. White collar. White collars. Your even your doctors, your lawyers, your business owners. You know, or growing up in trust fund families or mm. families with wealth. And, you know, I think a lot of the things that distract our moms that were having to work two jobs and worry about their credit scores and there's things like it took them away from them showing us experiences at a young age because they were so distracted. Yeah. And I really when I when I saw those, then I saw the mind and I was like, man, they're human just like us. They were our best astronomers at the time. Like we're distracted. And that's why I always tell people, like, don't stress. Like you got to make a decision. You got to live and die on it. But like and it's easier said than done. But like stress is the worst thing because like, why? It's going to make it let it, it play out. The universe. Slowly. Slowly. Says, slowly. Uh, I'm too rich to stress. And he's not rich, uh, but yeah. <laughs> he just says that himself. He's just I'm too rich. like when everything's going to shit. He's like I'm too rich to stress. Like fuck it, you know I'm gonna figure it out type shit. Sometimes the world has a way of figuring it out for you too, man. And you just wasted the whole last year stressing, and it worked out fine. If you don't break out of that pattern that they uh, want you to live in, which is like the whole work for somebody and like retire, get this goddamn paycheck, get this retirement. Like I don't, I don't. It just doesn't fit to me the 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 way they they were it don't like makes sense doesn't make sense like out of seven days you're gonna have five days that you're gonna work and then you have two days off and you're gonna work the for twenty years and you're gonna fucking retire at sixty when you can't do shit and you're yeah. gonna get a little paycheck like yeah. that doesn't make sense that makes I, no sense I, I to feel me like either anybody that's working at like a warehouse job or some shit like that like they need to listen to some Nipsey Hustle. And <laughs> for real, get that paycheck. I think you just need then, to think outside the box. Yeah, well, and, what I mean is like put that money into something else, bro. Like something that's gonna the fulfill your 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 life. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Fucking Mr. Hobby Lobby, whatever. His, he's already living his dream. Yeah. What's his name? David Green. <laughs> yeah, you know, and shout out to him. He provides opportunity for a lot of people. So shout out to him. But you Absolutely. should be putting that money into something that's gonna fulfill your life and. Because there's nothing wrong with having a job. You got to have a job at some point, I think. Right, right. But, I mean, if you're happy, if you have, you like the job, you want to grow, like, yeah, that's for you type shit. But a lot of people are miserable, man. Like, real, like, a lot of people are miserable. Like I've had people, like, the one thing they've always asked me is, like, all right, Case, like, what's the one thing you could tell me that you think, like, is going to help me in my life or whatever? And I'm like, honestly, the only thing I could really say, like, really that you should do and you should really focus on is, like, chase wisdom. I'm like, because through wisdom, you'll understand what makes a good deal, what what makes how things are a win win. And and through wisdom, you'll be able to figure out how to monetize things, how to make money in your life, how to sustain love, how to grow. And so no matter what in life, just just chase wisdom and always live and die on your own sword. But I feel like through wisdom and I think you find wisdom through experiences, putting yourself out there, being open to talking to that guy that you don't really know if he even likes me, like just like all that stuff, you know, and listening and putting yourself out there. And even if you get shut down, because eventually you're going to meet that person that's actually like, Hey, let me show you this. And it's going to change your life. But being open to that, that thought of like, how do I chase wisdom? How do I get around wisdom? And I I think that's the most important. Nice, man. If you had to go back five years and tell yourself something, what would it be? You could have both. And what I mean by that is uh, uh, five years ago, I met this girl. We were, like, really heavily in, like, in love. And I always had this thought that, like, you, you 
you can't you can't have both. Like you really got to focus on you. You you know if I get get settled down, I'm gonna have kids. Mm. I'm not gonna be able to have time for this. There's only 24 hours in a day. I'm real analytical. If I have a kid, I want to be a good dad. I got to spend nine ten hours a day with him. I got to teach him that takes me away from this. My goals ain't met. So I kind of push love away real early. When I feel like at the end of the day, I think you can find balance in life and you can have both. Like because there's there's times where I'm like. There's nothing I did all day, you know what I'm saying? I, and I made this four hours productive, and I made it happen. But I think you can have both. So I think going back, but I think you got to be open to be. I able. would say when you're starting out, it's tough. It's tough, bro. It's like tough. Once you got it on uh, autopilot, it's a little easier because you're like, okay, well, shit. At least I know what I'm doing. But whenever you're like barely learning the grind and everything, like I don't know if I could have somebody that right there that's gonna like actually understand the fucking okay that's, i worked all day today but i didn't make anything you and know? that's that's how i really used to think a lot too but i think once i got going i think it never there's never a moment where it is on autopilot especially in entrepreneurship or business like and i'm always learning and i always need to know more and there's always a different thing happening so are so, you still with that girl no no and i think i get i get and i think we went our route the universe so that, also so works you're ba- out you're basically uh what is it called uh contradicting yourself there in a sense that yeah no i'm, I'm learning i learned yeah so i it didn't i didn't I, I made the decision but then now i think reflecting on it and the question darwin had in a sense oh, that you so go you, back oh, five years you. so you're like you could have made think it i would have made it happen yeah and i mm-hmm. think i can make both happen but at the time i thought no i gotta focus 100 on this Damn. this is this is it this is gonna distract me you know what I'm saying? That's how I felt. Yeah. yeah. And then I read the, the I read the 48 laws of power, mm-hmm. and it said that there was one of the laws that said if uh, to get rid of any negativity in your life. And at the time, I loved my girl, but she was negative. <laughs> <laughs> she was so a, I was like, she like, gotta go. You're doing what in the garage? <laughs> nah. Yeah. nah. You need like, to be here with me at the ice skating like, rink. Shit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I feel you, bro. Yeah, that's, I feel that's you. one of those. Darwin asked the question, dog. Was I just like, came oh, through. Shit. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a good question, man. Good that's answer. A good question. Yeah, but I feel like same. Like now, I could probably handle it, but at the time, I I, I couldn't have because I had I had to learn everything. Like there was no way. Like I would make my calendar, and it'd be like uh, edit shoot <laughs> and then like on thursday at fucking 6 p.m a girlfriend for like two hours literally bro on my calendar i would put it uh, and I could, yeah you got yeah, it's sometimes a, it's hour just a, a relationship <laughs> is like a you gotta put work into it yeah. it's like a friendship if you yeah. want to if you miss a home you can call them you gotta put that effort yeah for sure yeah romantic relationships are something else man yeah it's one of those where it's like uh if they don't really find a way like as far as getting into like what you got going on and kind of seeing your vision, yeah, that it can make it a little bit difficult, you know, like yeah, like yeah, for sure, like how what can I do to better your business and we can all grow, you know, like yeah, kind of, you want me to market, you want me to you know run right. the social medias or some shit like that, you know, like right. I feel like that has to do a lot, but if you're just but wanting attention see, like, all the my time, my mom and my dad they've been together twenty five years, and my mom like when we leave to work in the morning, I'm like. You have a good life, mom. Because <laughs> she just chills at the house. Like, she doesn't have to. My dad fucking, she just plays her role. You know uh, what I'm saying? And my dad, he'll work 12 fucking 14 hours. And when he comes home, she's not like, oh, my God, you, you're not spending time with me. She's like, how was your day? You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you want tortillas or you hey, want pan? Like, yeah, yeah. So it's like she understands her role. 
and he understands his role, and they make that shit work. You yeah, know? but yeah, no, I've, and yeah, it's a you're big right. one. It's like me personally, one. I'm like, you done lost your fucking mind if I'm gonna leave to work and you're still sleeping and shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> pull your weight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you gotta go get that hostess job at the Buffalo funny. Wild Wings or something. Shit. <laughs> it was, I was barely when I was in the Navy. I mean, girls they had been starting to get in, you know, in the military. So it was that whole like equal rights thing. It was like, ah, we're the same rank. You got you can swim too. Like, especially in swimming, like the girls were. I mean, you had to pass. You had, but there was a couple girls in our class that could swim. Yeah, they made it. I mean, so I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's changed into a marriage where back in the day, you go to work, she stays at home, takes care of the kids. And some of it's still the same way, but I think now with more days with inflation and everything else, you need two working incomes. Blue collar can't make it on one income. Back yep. in the day, the middle class could make it on the the, the husband's income, or or they would just be now cool with it. Like my dad's like, I used to fucking get paid uh, five dollars an hour, and I still paid for your shoes and your and your, your house daughter, your and everything. Sister's shoes. Yeah, I'm like, what the? You fuck? You can't do that no more, though. <laughs> Hell no! Like that's how much anymore. I spend on weed. Like the, the gap oh. from the middle class and the rich has has definitely it's gotten bigger, and that's not good. Yeah, it's not because it's like the prices keep going up, fuck boys, cost of man. living, and like wages keep staying the same. So your average job is like you got to think about it. Like, what the minimum wage is? What seven twenty five? And it's been like that for years now. I mean, years. even bro, if somebody gets paid, let's say ten dollars, eleven, hour, that ain't shit. Like, uh-uh. you're, paying, like you're paying wage. your bills and buying fucking like maybe a. Uh, not even Don Julio. You're not buying no Don Julio, uh, no ten dollars an hour. Cuervo, Jose Cuervo, some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I mean, you have to go yeah. with the. <laughs> yeah, it's that's the thing, bro. It's crazy. Like my that's dad nice tells stuff. me, he, he's like, I, I would make shit last. Like, just I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I can't do it. Yeah, they need to do something. I mean, oh, Biden, fifteen dollars an hour. The administration's taking the federal rate, but that's to, still that's still even like even that's still not enough. Fifteen, yeah, it's still not. Still but not it's, enough. A, it's at least. But it doesn't matter because if 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 the minimum wage is fifteen, then that means that other shit is going to start. And then the budget, maybe the budget from the companies that are like, oh shit, now we got to pay these people more, so we got to cut. So now you're doing the job of two, no, three people. You're definitely right. There's a ripple effect, butterfly yeah. effect, and any then some of it's good, some of it's bad, you know. But yeah, you're right. No, you're right. There's going to be those people that were making seven fifty though in a bum job where that business was taking advantage of them, knowing they can only pay them seven fifty. Where now the feds are saying you got to pay them fifteen. So it's going to work out in that guy's scenario. But you're right; it can go the opposite. This guy's like, I got to let go fifty people this year because we got to pay more. So so. you're going to get a raise, but you got to do this, this, this. this. But overall, is it better for the herd? That's how the politics. That's how they think. You know, is it better for? Is it overall? And that's where you get Republican views, Democratic views. I think that's why at the end of the day, it's good to have your own like um, vision and your own thing that you're working for. Because then at that point, it doesn't matter like what they make the status quo or whatever the fuck. Like you know that you're working for your vision. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I think that's what happens a lot of times. Like, oh, uh, I'm getting paid fifteen dollars an hour. Now, so I can go get this Charger or this uh, Hellcat Camaro, yeah. Or, yeah. you know, or I can get in a nicer apartment. Oh, but man. if you're like working for your vision, you're not thinking about no fucking apartment or no. You're like, okay, I can buy a new camera or, yeah, you know, I can fucking yeah. buy a new course that's going to make me close more deals or whatever. Right. 
Yeah, so are you active on social media as far as, like, the business side of things, or is it not something that you really think you don't need? Yeah, I, honestly, I've never really been a big social media. I've never. I, the only reason is I always like to keep in touch with, like, boys that were in the military with me, or, like, I love the fact that now, because when I was in the Navy in t- 2012, and I was in Barcelona, I wish I had Snapchat, and I could have been like, oh, I'm in Barcelona. I tell my little cousin that I talked to him to go to the Navy, you know, now he's able to do that with his friends. But uh, but you're on Snapchat. Uh, yeah, I'm on Snapchat. Yeah, it's more direct. Yeah, I'm yeah. more personal. Yeah, that's the only one you're on. Uh, Instagram. I'm on yeah. IG. Maktub eighty nine. But at the business side of it, you business don't feel like of it. No. Well, we'll see. Well, it's also depends what kind of business you're running. You know what I mean? With me, I'm just need to deal with tribal leaders and tribal head that decision makers. You know, and there's only so many tribes and so many decision makers out there. I don't need to find a reach of everyone for the model I'm doing. But if I'm selling, you know, Pez or trading things, I so need that's to, dope. That's a perfect yeah. example that you can be a, a money getting motherfucker without no social media. Yeah, yeah. I think it's so not about that, yeah, bro. A lot of it's people. About the experience a lot of people feel like they have to have social media like and they sometimes are more focused on like it goes back to like when you travel they're more focused on bringing in the people with them instead of doing what's around like you'll see them like they'll fucking snapchat the whole trip yeah and it's like bro did you really enjoy that trip like like you know like put the phone down go fucking you know Enjoy your surroundings. Why are you looking at homeboy over here? Go fuck some here? bitches, bro. Yeah. And then you end up getting a gym anyway where it's like, damn, that was fun. Because someone will record something where you come back to it. But it's not bro, about I'm the wrong. post. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's not about That's the one of those where it's like, yeah. It's so funny we got into that, huh? It's crazy. The social media? Yeah. like yeah, Just like the influence. I mean, but like, it's good. There's a lot of positives. And I yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah. Love the positive part of it but there's a lot of negatives there's There's a lot i mean it it, it, it's one of the main sources like main reasons that people are depressed because it's a comparison thing you know it goes back you gotta start you oh dopamine don't get me started on dopamine yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's that dopamine rush oh boy i love that dopamine (laughs) the likes are a thing the numbers people are very like ran by numbers so they just yeah, yeah it's a lot of shit like yeah i've tried to okay so my homie was telling me the other day we're talking about just life and shit. Yeah. And he was like, so drug dealing. He was like, and I feel like this is social media too. He was like, uh, first uh, you start selling the drug. Then you start using the drug. And then the drug starts using you. He was like, and that's the cycle. There's no like drug dealer that you, he's like, they start selling it, and then yeah. they start using it, and then the drug starts using them. You know 100%. what I'm saying? That's why. That's and what that's what social media is too. You start yeah. using it, and then. But again, you see, you got to be the. You, what, it goes back to like the good. You got to look at the good side, right? How do you think Pablo Escobar became so successful? He said, "Never consume your own drug." But that nigga still got murked. He still know? got murked, but he, he he ran it. Like, this nigga was making, like, what, a million a day or some shit? But again, I, I think, you know, anything could be a drug. Like, we talked about earlier getting lost in the sauce. Like, I think, okay, you start entrepreneurship for all these great reasons. And then now you become successful at it. Same in the same story you just said. You become successful at it. But now, all of a sudden, you became successful at it, and it consumes you. And now the process, and you're like, I, maybe I am smarter than everybody else. Maybe I do have an edge on people. Maybe you. I do. Maybe there's something about me. And you when you start making when niggas. you start making it about you and you think you're something special, 
that's when the Bro, universe will humble That's when you. you get humbled. And I think that drug could be even that. The chase of success could lead out nice, but then once you find it, the drug could get a hold of you. And I think in life, anything could be the drug. Yeah. Eat too many Krispy Kremes, you're going to get fat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anything. It's yeah. balance. Yeah, you're right. It's some good-ass information right there because yeah. it's all, yeah, balance and how you utilize shit. Cause yeah. Because it could always start off with good intentions. Right. But it, you get lost. It can Go consume south. you. It yeah. can consume like you. Kicking it, bro. It starts out as a good yeah. time. Oh, we're cheering. Cheers. Next thing you know, a motherfucker's spending his last 60 on a. <laughs> and it's important to, to remember because, you know, you're around this new social media to environment. And it's like people hype you up. People don't even know you. And, they, and then you start to think you're special. And the minute you think you're special and you're better than somebody else, it's the minute you will be humbled. Yeah. yeah. And, shit. And, and karma's a bitch. Yeah, let me say that again for y'all. Karma's a bitch. What goes around definitely comes around. Yeah, it's always it's always one of those where it's like, always remember that you can you know what you have you can lose it tomorrow. You know, little Wayne said it. uh, What goes around comes around like a hula hoop. (laughs) (laughs) And the key is though, don't just focus on the negative part of karma because there also is a good part of karma, Uh. and the universe will open doors for you when you knock enough because you've been good in life. And I I truly believe that. And if you have fucked up, I feel like you can fix those fuck ups. So, yeah. I mean, I think there is those people that, that have like fucked up so much that it's going to take a minute, you know? So you might have a shitty next decade because you've done so much fucked up shit the past years or whatever, but it's, do- it's doable. Like, you yeah. can fix your wrongs and at least, like, when Too you Too much die. bikini ass is distracting me over here. Let me go ahead and uh, <laughs> oh, okay. remove that. Oh, we're trying to keep <laughs> it PG at, over, over here. Leave it to Jungle Boy. <laughs> Like okay. a, no, no, man. Like, oh yeah, uh, that, so, that boy, young. Uh, shout out to Young Drummer. Oh, he always has the baddest little tings in his yeah. video. So, uh, what do you like to do, man, on your time off, man? Like, what is some of the uh, travel, bro? Travel. So the Navy man. opened me up to that. Like, you got to see the world. If you don't know what's out there, it's like trying, you know, different. I preach that a lot, bro. I don't. I, probably Av's probably getting tired of me saying that, but I preach well, that a lot. I didn't have my funds right, man, and and COVID was oh, going 100%. on. One hundred percent. There's like, yeah, but Puerto Rico, maybe. Oh, man, you know I, I I can't go with y'all, man. But we're gonna have to try it out like later Come down. On, I think we should go to New York New Year's and watch the fucking fireworks pop and smoke a blunt right you there. You gotta make that because you know New York just legalized that shit. Yeah, there's all there's a I bucket think, list. Yeah, I think writing it down and like goals, like yeah. writing your goals down because if you don't write them down, then it's like it's just a thought. Like yeah. it's it's in your head and it's like you can say Action. it, but like when? Yeah, like, right. are you gonna travel this year? I would say if I do in New York, October, it, oh, December. Are you going to travel this year? That would probably. Yeah. It's going to make it all that much better. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Other than that, I don't think I can. I got work and shit. So December, October is probably. And I'm going to be fit. I'm going to have the cuts for the sluts by then. So. Ah, Jeez. You know what I'm saying? I'm walk around without the shirt ladies. with the legendary tat. <laughs> Boy, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I do stress that a lot too because it's like it's one of those where, yeah, I love traveling and like I got a trip in next month, yes, fucked up arm, but I'm making that shit hey, happen. You let's know what I'm go. That shit ain't stopping that. me, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I yeah, love that. It's one of those. So, travel's one, uh, yeah, travel. Do you have uh, any hobbies and shit? Hobbies, um, man, bro. Honestly, for me, I'm always looking for uh, however I can bring some kind of energy to somebody. Like, I'm, I, I sat on the board of Big Brothers Big Sisters for a little while. Um, really always trying to figure out a way to give back, whether it's hanging out with somebody or finding some new project to work on. I always say project, but it's not really like that. But it's like, how can I help, you know, somebody in my life right now or someone around me? Um, 
Yeah, uh, hobbies other than that. Basketball, I play with the guys at fading up. Yeah, nice. the the at the at the league on Western and like second, I think, or the the Hispanic league. Yeah, we got yeah, Alex yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's fun. I like to play ball on the side. Um, try and stay at running. Love running, bro. I've always yeah. been a good. Yeah, I love just getting out there and escaping. It's a form of running is the best form of exercise. Uh, swimming actually is swimming. Swimming. It's easiest on your joints, so you don't really hurt right. your joints at all. It's oh. super easy, and it's a full body, full circulation. Like getting back in the pool for sure is something I definitely want to get. Bro, into. it's crazy because like I was, I hopped on the scale about five months ago. And I, I saw 250. And I was like, what the oh, fuck? Oh, what were you? Okay, so it's this big significant drop? No, this I was fucking fat, bro. Oh. 250. Oh, like, yeah. Okay. Like, I was 250 pounds. You said so I had to do like, something. And I was lifting weights, but I was like, this ain't doing shit. You know what I'm saying? So walking and running is what did it. Yeah. And it yeah. hurt like a motherfucker. I would be running and it, my fucking knees would yep. hurt, but it did it. Like, that's mm-hmm. what got me back in the groove of like breathing right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think running those natural movements like dips, yeah, fucking, bike, pull ups. Um, what are those called? The prison fucking. Oh, burpees. Burpees, bro. Yeah, burpees are great. Burpees. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Where are you at right now? 232. 232. Hell yeah. Yeah, bro. I had a couple of weeks where I indulged in. I'll see you in the morning, bro. You be up in fucking five in the morning, yeah, bro. Yeah, in that bitch. Yeah, and you got to, bro, because those those morning workouts get you ahead, like throughout the whole day, bro. Like you're on top of shit. You're just yeah, it feels good because that's like the. Uh, I feel like that's one of the, like the ultimate accomplishments. Like when you go early and get that shit out of the way, because like, look, you got to think about that's it, a big bro. W. Like that's a great way to start up your day. And let's say even if you lift for thirty minutes, or you get your heartbeat going for thirty minutes, like you're gonna be way ahead of like your coworker that just woke up, took a shit, yeah. is fucking. Like still like uh, like when you walk in, yeah. you're already gonna be you like, feel oh good. shit, yeah. yeah. I already did thirty burpees, nigga. You barely waking up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that energy. I like that energy. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Like sometimes you have you think about it, like, did I make the right shit? I'm waking up this early to get my ass kicked at six in the morning for a whole hour. And then I get there, I go through all that shit, and when I get out. Feel good, bro, and then you see the sun come up. Smoke a little blunt. Hell yeah! I'm way right? Hell Everybody's yeah. barely waking up. You're already like, "Good morning." Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's uh, yeah. Very routine important. is huge. Routine, exactly. Like having like knowing what's your next five moves. I, I feel like that goes yeah. back to the. You know, uh, Patrick Beck. That's, that's why I fucks with you, man. You listen. Yeah, bro. I, I, I implement that because it's like, what's my next five move when I wake up? All right, I'm going to go do my bed, brush my teeth, get some breakfast, look at the charts, and yeah. then go to the gym. Yeah. And then after I get out of the gym, what are my next five moves and after that? Have you noticed that the moment that you don't start doing the five steps, you start fucking up? Yeah, you start like, <laughs> like, like oh, you're shit. You're just going with it type shit. That sucks. I don't like doing that. Like, no, I, I, start, I know I'll stop at the fucking 7-Eleven and grab a stick and then, oh, shit, I don't got weed, so I got to go. Like, yeah. my steps are all fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> so that... Yeah, like, oh, shit, this is negative five. This yeah. ain't no five. <laughs> You're stepping back and shit. So, yeah, that, that I, yeah, I feel like that shit is important. But, yeah, uh, you, do you follow the, the sport of basketball? 
Oh, yeah. NBA and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Became Man, a huge Thunder Thunder's been fan. going dumber lately, bro. bro. Yeah. Uh, Alexander, that whew, nice. boy cooking. Nice. That boy cooking. I agree. Man. I agree. Presti. Like, must be Presti the name. we trust. Alexander. Is that... <laughs> that boy going crazy. I wish he would have came today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they got a lot of a shit ton of draft picks. So they should, uh, yeah. hopefully they capitalize on that. But, man, it's looking, it's looking rough for, for, for the Lakers, man. My LeBron, you know what I'm saying? Know, every LeBron. Injuries, bro. Injuries. Sheesh. The, 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 yeah. Bro, let's talk about this real quick. KD had the opportunity to shut people up. He goes with Kyrie say, hey, bro, let's make this shit happen. But now he has Harden and Blake Griffin. Bro. KD loves to be carried, period. I don't care what anybody says. Like, KD loves to be carried. Simple. You you into basketball too? Yeah. And then he likes. What to you step think about in? that? I mean, here's the thing. Like, obviously, like repping OKC, you, you hated KD like for a couple of years, and then he went to Brooklyn and it seemed like he was gonna. Like, you're right. Like, he, he prove like himself. He wanted to prove himself. Yeah. But I mean, he has been saying from the beginning, like he just wants to play basketball. Ha. His team, the, 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 the management, <laughs> the management just got like some good ass players over. I just want to play basketball, bro. Nah, bro. He tweeted when the Lakers got, you know, Dwight Howard and Steve Nash and then Miami had LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. He tweeted, like, now everybody wants to join the Lakers in the Heat. Let's just go and play basketball. Like, I ain't moving nowhere. You know what I'm saying? And he, that shit backfired on him because it's like, he's getting carried again. Sit sit down, KD. Bro, it is crazy because the level of talent that this man has this motherfucker can score on anybody. Bro. Charleston White said it best. He said, uh, we all have a level of, uh, of, of bitchiness. I think what <laughs> fucked up KD is his mentality. It, KD could have been well, one listen, of the goats. Listen, listen that's what he, I'm saying. This is what Charleston White said. He said, we all have some sort of uh, bitch to us because we were raised by our mama. the mentality. Why? So like, what? what do you mean the mentality? Like uh, the mentality yeah, of yeah. like, because like, man, was it the mentality? Jordan, the mentality like, he, of like, he, he didn't thought grow ships, out of his bitch. He thought he, he thought championships were more important. Than anything? Because you're right, bro. He was a legend at OKC, and then he carried. Even though we didn't win, so if I'm he a player soft. of he KD, was soft. exactly soft, bro. Well, he was I soft. don't even know. Even He's though soft. he didn't win, he was still the star. He was seen in the public eye of like. But I think when he made that move, and it was like, oh, you went for a ring. It went. You went to chase ships when the Soft. Chips ain't really what Soft. make you good to the public. Because guy. if if yeah. if I'm playing basketball and you guys, you two KD are on the right same now, team. But. You two are on the same team, and y'all keep beating me. I'm gonna be like, fuck it. I'm gonna team up with AV, and we gonna beat y'all motherfuckers. Yeah. I'm not gonna be like, That's I'm gonna join y'all. Yeah, like and then because, leave AV over here by himself. Yeah, like, exactly. I had like, to pull a one eight seven on your ass. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's it's that's where I think KD lacks of is that mentality of like I can do it. Like he can do it. The motherfucker can be the greatest. Of all time, like he's yeah. definitely one of the greatest scorers of yeah. all time because it's like seven foot. He can dribble, he can shoot. But you're right, his mentality, but the mentality. He didn't outgrow that uh, that bitch in him. The fact that you're this superstar yeah. and you have to make burner accounts on Twitter to fucking defend yourself. He got caught. He got caught, bro. Like it, it is crazy. So like you're mentally weak because you let that shit. Yeah, he, he created a burner. I know. Yeah, that's right. He's got a lot of resources. That's what he's thinking about. So well, it, it's you like, know what I mean? Like, what? That's what he's thinking about. Like, he's thinking day. about answering this motherfucker. I'd be making a rap song in my fucking. Uh, he has a whole studio and shit. Like, bro, why are you worried about what it's, people say? It's like, yeah. damn, bro. You or really I would have moved to the Golden State Warriors, and then when people were clowning me, I would have been like, yeah, fuck y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, stand on it at least. 
Nah, he's like he's yeah he's got more resources in the now mind. he's stacked up and they made they most likely <laughs> if, thinking about cool if Lakers don't make any trades or don't bounce well, at back. the end of the day all these NBA niggas are slaves all these NFL motherfuckers are slaves I, yeah, they're slaves with money nigga I'm gonna tell you that yeah, shit I go that far. they got a big ass house yeah. they got you know what I'm saying like what do you think because there's there's there. a lot of passion with it you can't take the passion from the I, sport away cert, yeah there's passion for sport it's a and goddamn you, circus you, yeah it's a it's a business. And you have, if I'm an athlete coming in, passion for sport, but I'm involved now in this business, well, hopefully my Players Association teach me how to move in this business because I can get eaten alive, apparently. I would know that. But I I think a lot of these guys still have the passion for football, bro. They still wake up every day well, yeah, thinking, they, like, they I want to score the touchdown. I want to score the touchdown. But the owners of the win. teams don't. They, no, I agree. It's a them, business. So. It's 100%. And it's a powerful business. The NFL so, stops yeah. That's movies. what I'm saying. I understand when these players are like, oh, I'm unhappy or I'm like, but own that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But yeah, I feel like KD would have done better if he just owned it. Like, like man, fuck that shit. I didn't win I what I wanted to, so I went over here. Like, yeah. it is what it is. Give suck us my raw. dick. Be real. You know? Yeah, yeah be probably real. people would have been like, fuck it. And that's it. Log off your fucking Twitter. Yeah, and log off of your burner account. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, But sometimes we put these guys at a higher standard. Like, they're just kids like us. Yeah. Like, yeah. Some of them are the same age at the they time. Smoke KD some weed. was young, bro. Yeah, they they, they their chewed up. Uh, we had fucking Stevie Clark on the podcast, bro. Stevie Clark was supposed to, like, be the next superstar uh, in the NBA. Yeah. And that's what it was. He was a kid that just wanted, like, he didn't just, have the right guidance and, like, he just was wanted to, have to figure a good it time, out. Bro. But see, what tell him is all the time, he'd be like, like, bro, uh, a one, two, a one, two. Now, see, what's always talking about is like, when I go cut these NBA players, the, the young cats, these rich little kids that have a shit ton of money. I go to their houses, like, uh, they're playing video games. But have you seen 30 of broke? Yeah, 30 for 30 broke. It's a lack of... And the owners don't care. Yeah, I agree. I would have been too. I'd be I'd be dead, bro. I'd have been dead. I might have been dead. It's one of those where it's like... I'd be on some Lamar Odom shit. If you don't have the right guidance, the right like mentorship guiding you, like, hey, you're going to get this amount of money. Like, look... Give an example of NBA players that had it all and they're fucking like Delonte West. Yeah, 30-30 broke. I salute James Harden because even though uh, people are relying on him, he's like, nigga, I'm going to the strip club with Lil Baby because it doesn't matter. Hey, if, guess what? I'm dropping 30 next, yeah. ne- the and next I might, day. I might not, but at the end of the day, fuck you. I already dropped that check. Rodman went to Vegas. He came back. He did his thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, James Harden, Harden has that same problem, yeah. man. He loves the fucking party and shit, but he'll drop 30 the next night. Like, yeah. Yeah. Shit, why are you talking shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why they and I feel like, like that's how it should be. You should go out there and have fun if you already made it that far. Like, bro, you, you fucking went through college eating shit, sitting in the dorm, fucking playing yep. the the late the other version of 2K, like not the new version of shit. <laughs> now you playing 2K with your character in it, like, yeah, yeah bro, hey, what's fucking. What they need a little low lap, lap dance. It's a lot of pressure and shit. Like, cause just like the high standard of like, you know, all, all of us, we expect these players to do good. Cause when they do shit, we're like, you fucking trash. They're paying you this much and you're not doing shit. I could do that. You know, it's like, you know, it's one of those where it's like, 
bro, we have our off days like uh, uh, Paul George. Yeah. They were calling him Pandemic P because he was so yeah. ass in these playoffs that it was like. But, bro, when it gets to that certain point, it's like it doesn't matter, bro. Like, you're already – like, KD, we talk shit about KD, but that motherfucker right now is sitting in this theater room. Yeah. Probably getting a foot massage or some shit. You yep. Know, so. Yeah, but you never know. It's always – you never know until you're in that position. Like, we just talked about earlier, he might be in there. He has all the resources in the world. He's worried about a burner account and what people are worried about him. What? Like, yeah. if you could sit there and you don't know until you're, you're living right. it. You're right. You really don't know. J. Cole is always a big believer. You don't know until you know. You got to go get it to get there. You know what I'm saying? You can't ever judge because you really don't – I mean, I've, like I say, I've met those guys with all the resources in the world, and they're sad. Sad They're in their day. fucking Lambo all sad yeah, and shit. Yeah, bro, and it's like, so that's not the key to life. Suit. And, that's yeah. not the key bro, to life. That I've realized that a lot of times like that, those, that makes me be more, um, res- or like more appreciative of myself. Because a lot of times I'm like, damn, I'm a broke ass motherfucker, but I'm hanging out with these dudes that got hella money. I don't got money. The only reason why they're hanging out with me is because I'm a good vibe and I'm, you know, cool and shit. Like, so that right there, like, it boosts. I'm not going to say boosts my ego, but it makes me feel good that I'm like, bro, they could be hanging out with the rich friends right now. But they're in my fucking garage watching the Mo3 videos. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they're happy right now. They're not thinking, you know, they're fucking sipping a beer, chilling, feeling good, bro, when they have a fucking $400,000 house. But they're in my garage right now chilling. The the one thing I love to always emphasize, whether I'm with the boys, maybe it's some kind of cool birthday. We're all at Mahogany or Broadway 10 or Red Prime. We're all sitting around the table. We're all eating our good steaks. I'm like, hey, always just remember... This is nice. We're all laughing. This is a great vibe. We're all eating these good steaks. But you don't think if we're in the garage and we all got paper plates and we all got CC's pizzas and we all got beers in front of us and we're laughing the same. Like it's, this is, the yeah. setting is nice, yeah. but it's about who's at the table. It's not about. We could be yeah. doing the same thing with CC's pizza and paper plates and having a blast. Some fucking wing stop or some yeah, shit. You laughing know? about oh, what yeah. he did last week. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't matter. Like, And you always got to remind yourself and that. See, it's that's nice. the fucked up shit, bro. That, like when it comes to KD, for example, wherever you're climbing the fuck out of him. So that's why he's making burner accounts. Maybe, like, we see this badass relationships he had with Westbrook and Harden, but he probably never had that relationship where he can just sit there with some paper plates and fucking... And you never know somebody's shoes and tearing them. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, one Hey, sorry, KD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we using you, man. <laughs> I know if I had KD's fucking... Shoe, boy, yeah. if I was KD, whoo. I know I learned that line, uh... Boy, I'm going what crazy. What is it, uh... About hard work. Hard work beats talent if talent lacks to work hard. Boy. I learned that from ta- uh, from KD. That's, Even yeah. though he's uh, uh, on that on that soft shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's one of those, man. Uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah. They probably have the chip unlocked. That's what I'm going to tell you. No, I agree. They probably do. Because if LeBron and AD, <clears throat> they're not going to do it by themselves. So new, what is the New York Knicks that they're? No, Nets. Nets. The Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets. Which one yeah. is this franchise that's like... Uh, Miserable as fuck, trash, and they're they're the Knicks. Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks. The Knicks. Yeah. Madison Square Garden. Like, oh, talk your shit about the Knicks, Darwin. Talk, we're gonna send uh, this bit to Star, the Star Report. Boy, the Knicks are sorry as hell. I mean, they look good right now. They look decent because they got uh, Randolph and uh, uh, but that's like RJ the face, Barrett. right? That's the that's they've where the, always been ass, bro. It's your like, fault, Spike Lee. You think it's, it's Spike, Lee? Fault. Spike Lee? It's his fault. Spike Lee's him. a sucker. Ever since he called out Reggie and he Reggie did him dirty. Spike Lee's bad. Hey, he he had some uh, iconic 
movies, but he's broke. <laughs> he did have iconic <laughs> movies, but he's broke. Hey, yeah, Spike yeah, Lee? yeah mention one. Yeah, he did. Mention Spike one. Lee? Mention one. He had that. It was like about Italians and black people. No, 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 bro! Stop playing. Uh, was it colors? Well, the commercial. Yeah, but we talking about movies. No, stop playing with me, bro. Jamie, search it up. Spike Lee. Google. Google to know. Yeah, if you say iconic, it's like boom. No, it's iconic, bro. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, talking about Harry Potter, Potter fucking yeah, Fast, Fast and the Furious. Well, Fast and the Furious, they need to stop. That's yeah, too hey, much. Nah, nah, nah. Just like wait, Rocky. Wait, wait, I think. Oh, do the right thing. Wait, wait, I don't oh, know. I've never heard of it. Bro. Never heard of it. <laughs> never heard of it. It's an iconic song. It's an iconic movie. Uh, do the right thing. It's like it was the first time that. Uh, all right. <laughs> Close case. I saw I'm not gonna, I'm not right. gonna convince you niggas. <laughs> but it was the first time that it was like a yeah 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 do the right thing. It's like the first time that like where was it in the like clearance in Blackbuster? <laughs> it's old as fuck. It's uh, old as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but it was the first time that like cap. like racial shit got put in a movie. Like that that was do the right he, thing. He got game. That's like he got. He it was by. Uh, Right, but uh, it, that's by. But it's, no, it's, it's Spike, Lee? Yeah. Spike Lee. Yeah, Spike Lee. But was it directed by Spike Lee? Was it, was no, it directed dude, by Spike Lee? That, no. That was Spike Lee. Yeah, okay, that was okay. No, Spike Lee. Come on. Man. All right, all right. But he, he ain't got no. He ain't got no money though. He still be on that uh, Kickstarter shit, like uh, fundraising money and shit. Uh, I could. I could never. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, you know. It goes back to like the 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 Fast and the Furious. Like they need to stop, you know, because it's what they're nine nine fucking. Why don't movies? you just let them do their thing, bro? Uh, you, some sometimes you gotta let shit we're, die. We're on episode I, sixty, nigga. Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> we're on episode sixty with two hundred views, nigga. What the I, I fuck you talking about? I, I didn't know you were a comedian because you got jokes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, probably when it comes out on Blu-ray, you know, probably. Blu-ray? Who the fuck is still fucking buying Blu-ray? <laughs> probably when it comes out. Bro, I don't, like, it, it's just, they milked it too much, bro. Because it, it started with cars. and. I like fast. Bro. <laughs> bro, and it's like, now they got John Cena in it, my fuck is going to be like, no, Cena's in it. Bro, the ninth, the oh, ninth, yeah. John Cena is Dom's okay, lost brother. I mean, the rock, the rock would definitely beat the fuck out of Toretto. Any day, bro. That motherfucker's a rock. Well, maybe, maybe like, maybe like Fast and Furious one, the first one. Yeah, maybe the first. Toretto had it because he had that. he was. You know what I'm saying? He was stout. But right now, no. No. The Rock got him. It, is, it got to the point where, like, these motherfuckers, the next, the, the Fast and the Furious 10 is going to be in the fucking moon trying to get to Mars and, like. Hey, fuck it, though. They're racing on the fucking moon, bro. bro fucking they catch you now. The moon. Knocking down Elon Musk's satellites and shit. Like, bro. Yeah, bro. Like, come on, bro. Fucking fight UFOs and shit. Like, the so next thing you know, the villain is a UFO, like a fucking alien and shit. Yeah, or they're fighting Bigfoot. You know what I'm saying? Like, but would would you not do the same thing, bro? If you're like, if you knew that you were gonna drop some shit and you were gonna make millions, but 
It's a, it gets to you the point where, like, if it started, like, because it started as cars. I think Why the first does it matter? Five, there's yeah. a bunch of garbage being put out anyway, so why don't we just have their But there's, shit? So, like, todo tiene su final. Like, something has to get to an end where you got to know when to shut it off. Now when, yeah, the mo- exactly. now when the money's still flowing in, they're like, nah, Oh, dude. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> we're gonna make a, have we're going to make a Paul Walker clone. They're cashing out. Yeah, I mean, they are making money, but it's their rating has dropped. Like, I guess the new guys, they can see it. They're like, oh, that's a good movie. But us that seen the original. We're like, it's time to hang it up. Yeah. They got John Cena. Next thing you know, they got Ho Hogan in the next one. Hey, brother, let's race these motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> All right, so I feel like this question is uh, gonna be a half. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Bad Bunny and Anuel. Yeah, bad, 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 bad. Like, come on, man. Like, hang that shit up, bro. Like, who we having next? Like JoJo, fucking C. Watson, the you know, like you know, like shit. Uh, best WWE entrance. This this was for Casey. Oh, I like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, I was on WWF, but I was like 316, baby. Yeah. <laughs> that was the yeah. boy, dog. Man, that's, I was that's like, a tough one, man. That's Stone Cold one. was so hard Stone, with the yeah, beard. Yeah, I fuck with that oh, shit, bro. God, yeah. I think that's going to be one of the too. questions that we're going to ask from now on. I'm going to come up with a, a few fun little questions. Favorite WWE entrance tells a lot about somebody's uh, personality. Yeah. So, so for example, who do you think is uh, Darwin's favorite entrance? Undertaker, huh? Nah. Nah, Kane. Heartbreak Kid. <laughs> oh! That was one. We had a top five, but it was Heartbreak Kid was one. Like that, no, it was like, bro. You, shit, I was like, I bro, tell me, no, that's what I'm saying. It tells tell a lot me you about never your personality. Saw, tell me you never no. saying I'm just a sexy butt. <laughs> then, tell me you never, and you were like, ah, oh, shit, there goes Shawn Michaels and shit, like. Come on, man. You're it's right, like with though. Triple H. That's a lot of personality it right is, there. I like, like that. I like the, yeah, the, the, that's the, fire. It's like with Triple H, you would get the Triple fucking H. bottle okay. water. Oh, you like, see that, Playboy? No, no, no. uh, yeah. Bro, I used to not even have hair. And I used to have hair. <laughs> <laughs> man, y'all, y'all a couple how, Playboys. I like man, that. Man, it's crazy how the WWE like impacted like our childhood, man. I'm going to say Roy is Ric Flair. Hit him with that. Hit him with that. Rolex. That's old school Eddie Guerrero, dude. Rolex watching. <laughs> it's that old Eddie Guerrero. But I remember one time. I remember Roy was faded one day. And he was in the back of the shop like, bro, he's like, I really like uh, Ric Flair. Uh, you're like, you know, I, I don't know why, but I really like Ric Flair. And then you dropped the whole spill. You were like the Rolex watching. He probably doesn't remember. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I got a, I, I got one for y'all. It's it's probably <laughs> it's a fucked up one, but it's, it's I want to see. So, do you guys prefer to shit through your nose or through your mouth? <laughs> Wait, ask the question again. So, <laughs> do you prefer to shit through your nose or through your mouth? Like if shit you had come, a choice, comes out. Yeah, if you had a choice, nose. Yeah. Uh, nose. mouth. <laughs> you. Damn, bro! You you, you got to smell it. You got to taste yeah, it, dogs. though. You got to taste it. You ate it. it. Yeah. I would just do it like this. Like I would close my mouth. Like in one. Right, hand. right. I feel like it gets stuck. You're gonna smell it, and Man, that's probably you gonna cause that, you to have throw you ever up. Have that booger after a long night of uh, and then you just uh, uh, <laughs> it all goes in one hit. Bro, I feel like it, the, the nose one is a little weird because like when you throw it all out, it's gonna make you throw up. Tell him, Roy. What do you think, Roy? What do you think? 
<laughs> what a difficult question. So what makes you feel comfortable? Hey, if all of a sudden you had to choose it, like, man, right now we're going to inject some fucking that COVID vaccine you thought was a vaccine is going to make you shit through your nose or through your mouth. Which one you want, bro? I got two. I got two right now. Which one you want me to inject you with? Oh. You're tied up. You're tied up. You can't do shit. Oh, God. oh man, that's that's torture. I think that's torture one on one. That right there, uh, bro. One time, oh, I don't know if I should tell this story. This, I was uh, at the shop and uh, the homie came through, and I, I had a stomach ache, man, like a hard <laughs> stomach ache. So we're outside, bro, smoking cigarettes, you know, chilling, and then so I go over there and throw up, like, bleh. just throw up, nasty. Oh. And then the homie comes up and he's like, he's like, uh, it just came out the wrong hole, bro. No. He's <laughs> like, basically what he was saying is like, you had to take a shit, but since you couldn't take a oh, shit. <laughs> I thought you threw up and shit yourself too. Oh, he got the, oh, like he saw some like shit stains or something like no. He was like, he was basically here. what he was saying. He's like, bro, you had to take a shit, but since you didn't go take a shit, you ended up going throw and throwing up. He was like, you fucking, it came out the wrong hole. <laughs> I was like, what? You're right though. Yeah, well, it's one of those weird shit, man. Stories, I love yeah. stories. Story time. We went from a uh, cryptocurrency to shitting out the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> fucking WWE <laughs> entrances and shit. I love the shit, like man. It, though. Yeah, cool. for real. You know, you gotta switch it up. Um, you got any crazy stories and shit? I got a few, bro. Because uh, Roy, man, I think Roy is still the winner. Yeah. Your story is fucking on. I think you got to give me like a subject, though. Like, like travel, Navy. Hey, the more experiences you have, the more stories you're going to have, right? Tulum? <laughs> okay, so Tulum. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. Like, because I know Roy just went through some shit, some real life, real, we were just laughing and shit, but. Roy went through some grimy life things, and you guys went out to Tulum and had a good time. So I mean, yeah, I made it out of that dark spot that I was in. Talk about that. How'd you did that? It was cool. I mean, I had my boys. This is my brother, bro. Like, have people like that around you, they'll So what what was that moment that you snapped and you were like, damn, like I need to really like, because we were all kind of worried. So when was that moment when you were like, man, I got to fucking, because I know, you know what I'm saying? You were probably like, man, let me just smoke. Let me. Hey man, bro, I hate to I hate to put you on the spot, but tell the people what happened and like what went on. That way, they understand and like understand how to get over that. If you don't mind.
this means, you know, it puts me, one day I woke up and I got to go. Better than this, you know. I'm glad you're fucking back, bro. It's like a brotherhood. It's a uh, Those are the ones that like stay treasured in your head and your memory for a lifetime type experiences shit. over material. Yeah, exactly. Any day, Any day bro. Material. Like I, I. And as a friend, Casey, when were you like? Because um, I know like a lot of us were concerned when your pops went away. Like we're like, damn, how Peroy doesn't fucking get depressed. Like, how were you able to come in and be like a good friend without being too pushy or too? I understand, Roy. I'm the me and Roy reason why we're friends is because we're a lot alike. You know, I go I just because I have things or the how you ever however however you measure somebody like doesn't mean we, I me and Roy talk about going through the same things all the time, and and so I, I I was always confident because I knew Roy and where he was at and he was okay. But my biggest thing is I've I've been fortunate enough in life to see these experiences and and reflecting on those experiences has given me knowledge. So for me. Instead of telling people advice, you know, some people are always so quick to, like, give their two, two cents. It's easy to talk, right? But for me, if I could get my boys to see life, even for a day or for a second, to see life the way I see it, and you got to do that through doing it. You got to go to an experience. You got to say, let's all fucking go to Tulum. And let's all go and let's see what life's about and let's let's mm. let's be positive every day and let's and, and and you can tell people all day but when you show people and my yep, biggest thing is and you show yep. people the way you see life even for a second well maybe some yeah. seeds plant wait, mm-hmm. and you know and we're the same person either way because we go through the same stuff me and Roy talk all the time mm. like Roy I'm going through it too bro like telling you like yeah I know and like we relate on the same things it's, and that's the crazy thing because like we go back you were sleeping on his couch when you were fucking going bankrupt now. He's going through some shit. You pick him up, yeah, we're and it's going like, to uh, and it's not. Yeah. It doesn't even feel like, uh, oh, you owe me one, bro. Or you, it's no. like, uh, bro, we just because because there are people out there that give. Oh, well, I always say giving, yeah. giving. If you give with expectation, it's not giving. Whether the expectation is I'm going to post this on social media so I get credit for it, or I'm expecting you give me ten times fold back. Like giving is only giving without expectation. When giving in a sense that like. I just want to do it because I want you to be with me. Like that true feeling of giving. And so many people give with the expectation. And I hate that. Yeah, it's it's just it's that love. You know, it's yeah. loyalty. It's it's what yeah. you. It's that's what I'm built. And on. then that intuition of like you said, like knowing and knowing he needs it. Yeah, yeah. And, and not being fucking. Because for example, me, I knew Roy was going through it, but I was like, what the fuck do I gotta offer to Roy? You know, all I can say is like. Like, even if it's like, do you, uh, if you need anything, I'm like, fuck, I'm in the hole, nigga. But like, bro, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but just asking yeah. how someone's doing is the best thing you can do. That's caring and just wanting to know genuinely. That's, yeah, man. Yeah. Salute to you, bro, for that. And yeah, yeah, fucking, yeah. I'm happy that you fucking didn't uh, sink, bro, because I was like, yeah. man. Uh uh-uh. uh. Never that. Yeah. Uh-uh. Man. I went, now we're back. 
But it's one of those, yeah. It's one of those where it's like, uh, you know, one of your closest family members passing away. That's like, it's like, it's a hard shit, you know. It's and a hard you, pill like, to swallow. You need and somebody it's like, strong around, bro. Exactly. And, and that's crazy. Like, you, I respect you a lot because of that. Like, I seen you going through your mom passing away, and I literally didn't, like, we we're co workers, bro. And his yeah. mom passed away, and I yeah. didn't know. Like, nobody in the company knew. This nigga still showed it. up to work, clocked yeah, in, and yeah. said, hey, how's it going, bro? Even though his mom just passed away. And yeah. like, yeah, Bro, that right there was probably one of the toughest things. And my thing is, like, I don't want to hear the word I'm sorry because it's like, yeah. I, you know, like, you know, having to go to work and knowing my mom is in bed sick and shit, you know, like, it was one of the toughest shit to kind of deal with. And I'm the type of person that I'm like, I'm not going to let this affect me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I got to... Still provide good customer service, you know, salute the people, welcome them to the gym and, and shit. see, that's crazy, bro, because I couldn't... Like, yeah, nobody, like, nobody, yeah, that's straight. Like, hope, hopefully, you know, when my parents do pass or whatever, I'm in a better... I'm, I'm a stronger man, but how old were you at the time? 20? 21. So, like, looking at it, I'm like, bro, if my mom would have passed away at 20... Me being 21, bro, I would have... I don't know what the fuck yeah. I would have done, bro, yeah. you know? And one of the hardest things was not bringing shit from the past yeah. back because well, I watched Inception and it kind of gave me that thing because uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, like in the movie, he keeps like he's going on these missions, going on people's <laughs> dreams, but his wife keeps showing up. His wife keeps showing up and he always had this guilt of, damn, I killed my wife. But in right. reality, it wasn't your fault. You know what I'm saying? So I kept going back to like thinking about like, damn, I should have... I, could have been better. I could have treated her. That kept hunting, like it would fucking hunt me at wow. night. It would like, and yeah. it was like one of those where I was like, I gotta let go. I can't fucking go back and think about that shit because it's gonna fucking haunt me for the rest of my life, and I'm gonna think that I'm shit, you know? Because yeah. I know I could have done better, but I wasn't mature enough to do better, will, you know? It will haunt you because there's a lot of things that haunt me about me and my dad. See that. I was too immature for that shit. I didn't spend enough time with him, and he wanted to. You know what I'm saying? And once he was gone, I'm like, damn, I'll never have that time back. Shit. Yeah, bro. It's it's a lot of shit, bro. Like I I I definitely feel you on that, bro. Because it's my my uh, homie's dad the other day, bro. It was crazy because on like last yeah last Saturday. I was supposed to go out and shit, and I knew that I had to go see my homie's dad because he has a concrete company. So I was going to, like, start his Facebook page and shit. So I pull up on him, and I ended up chilling with him from, like, 9 p.m. to, like, 3 in the morning, bro. He's an older man. He's, like, 53 years old. We're in his work truck, and I'm right there sitting with him, sipping out of a bottle, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's telling me, like, about his sons and his fucking dreams. Like, how he wants to fly an airplane one day. Like, <laughs> bro, it. I'm like, like this man doesn't even know how to read. But he's talking about he wants to fly an airplane. Like, he has a whole concrete company and shit. I'm like, that's crazy, bro. Like, like he's sitting here. I could be anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? And he told me, he was like, in Spanish, he said, Una amistad no se... Nunca se, nunca se obliga. Una amistad nunca se obliga. Which, which a word. friendship, you, you don't force a friendship. Yes. Like you don't force. So, like, all night he kept telling me, like, like I know you're young. He was like, and you're sitting here listening to an old-ass man. Like, 
when you got to go, I understand, you know, you got to go. Right. He was, I'm never going to be the type to force you to be here without you wanting to be here, you know? Yeah. So I was like, he was like, that's, that was the saying of that night. He was like, yeah. la, la amistad nunca se forza. So I was like, damn, like, that's how I see it now. And my dad, there's times where I know that he wants to be there with me. And it sounds fucked up, but I don't want to be there. You know what I'm saying? So why force me to be there? Like, yeah, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. So, I, you know, like, yeah, it's like you yeah. can't force yeah. somebody yeah. to. Uh-uh. No. And I think you're lucky in life to meet those people. And you got to be like those people cross your path. And like, you got to be open to that. You got to want to sit there and have that conversation For and real, not just bro. be like tired thinking, oh, I'm going to go work today. Uh, and I don't even know. Somebody. Nah, bro. I don't want to listen to this guy. I don't want to. Bro, wisdom, nah, right? Bro. goes back to chasing wisdom. Anybody, anybody has something good to offer because they've all been through shit. He could be a custodian his whole life. But he actually went through the craziest love story you've ever imagined. And if you want bro, love this advice, man, talk to the man. This man doesn't know bro. how to fucking yeah. read. Bro. He said he's, he knows this. This is what I found out. I think he's dyslexic. Because he, he was telling me, he was like, I need help getting business. So I was like, I'll make you a Facebook page. But he said, I can't read. So if somebody sends me a message, I can't read that shit. Right. So I was like... You don't know how to read, yeah. but you know how to do this, this. fucking numbers yeah. and like, yeah. you know how many yards of concrete it takes to do this. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but he's like, I don't see. He's like, no, he's like, I know my ABCs, but I can't put them together. Like I can't. He's like, if I try to write your name, I'll miss the O or the N. I'm like, you're just, dysle- I think you're dyslexic, bro. But he's so old or like old school that he doesn't like, he's just. Yeah. I don't know how to read. Right. That's not wow. how he takes it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. But kudos to you for listening. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? And asking and listening. And, 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 and I, I, I truly believe experience plus reflection of that experience, whether that experience is a relationship, reflecting on that, being like, oh, that was the red flag. That's why I should have done this. Or I should have done that. Or that's why she did this. Experience and reflection equal wisdom. So you see people that have only lived in their own hometown their whole life. They're only going to tell you so many stories. You got that one uncle that went crazy and went here, here. He's got stories for days because he's got more wisdom because he chased more experiences. Get out there and chase experiences. Like, and whether that experience is just you in a truck with another guy because you're chasing, the, you know, you're trying to help him out, and, but you want to listen. You yeah, want to learn. Like, and that shit blew my mind, bro. You're gonna re- like, like when you were sitting outside the casino, you gambled all your money away. That's an experience. That's an experience. But- and you reflect on it. And you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. You, you learned it. Hopefully Bro, and I, I swear to God, all fucking week, I was thinking about what he was telling me. because he told Yes, me, you reflected the conversation. Bro, he told me so much shit. You, you got to think nuggets. about it. We sat yeah. there from like fucking 8 o'clock to like 3 in the morning. Yes. Just me and him. You're thinking about that conversation at night on your bed. Yeah. Bro, this girl, it's it. crazy. This girl came up. Uh-huh. Like, we're in his backyard. This yeah. girl comes up and she's like um, asking for money and shit. Yeah. And then he's like, she's like, he got, he got out of the truck or whatever. And he's like, you wouldn't believe what just happened. I'm like, what? He's like, this lady just showed me her titties. <laughs> and she, she was like, she was like, what do you want to do with me? Oh, and then, yeah, yeah. And then he, he's like, he's like, I'm not going to lie to you, A.V. He's like, my dick got hard. Oh, <laughs> real. He's, he's like, my dick honest. got hard. He's like, yeah. but he's like, let me tell you this. He's like, my wife is inside the house. He's like, so I could easily, I know that she's not in the camera. My wife didn't see it. I could tell you, you know, go ahead and go. 
let me get you know let me get some action he's like yeah. but that'd be betrayal to my wife because she's been rocking with me since i was down i was broke i was feeding her rice and beans he's like so what kind of man does that make me if i go and just stick my dick inside this random yeah. ass bitch you know yeah. i was like yeah that reminds me I was of a like, bro, yeah. you fucking yeah. pound it. You're a, you're, yeah. you're a man, bro. That reminds me of a saying uh, my high school coach used to tell me all the time, high school football coach. He's always like, it's easy to act cool when the lights are on. Because when the lights are on, everyone's looking. You act professional. You act like the people people want to see. But how are you when the lights are off? And that reminds me, like, he had a chance where nobody was quiet. There's a corner. What kind of matter are you when the lights are off? Because the lights are on, it's really easy to act cool and who you are. Yeah. But how are you when the lights are off? That's a big one. Yeah. That's a big one. You always one. tell me that. So I used to, that's, that's a yeah, perfect bro, example. Yeah, and that was some OG shit that yeah. I would have. See, and, and through your life and through your journey, you met this man that taught you similar similar saying to what he told me in the sense that your lights are off. But we, you, you find that wisdom in your life. In the a universe fucking helps backyard in the southwest yeah. side of. But are you I, listening and are you open to it? Or are you just judging this man off what he has? Yeah. And are you? And, and the minute you judge, you you dismiss everything he says. Yeah. And, and you're that yeah. type of person. What type of person are you? And that's the crazy thing, bro. Because we're sitting here like uh, drinking out of a bottle. We're not even drinking beer. Like I'm sipping. Yeah. He drinks yeah. it out of a bottle, yeah. and we're talking. Boom, 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 boom. I'm like, this is nuts. Like. I don't even know how the fuck I ended up up here, but this is... <laughs> but I learned something. Yeah, bro, for yeah. hours. Like, you put it. me on game about how much to charge for concrete. Like, yeah. Yeah. all kinds of shit over just the conversation, man. That's the universe. So, if you have your dad out there, appreciate him. But also, don't feel like you're obligated to sit there with them. Find when, something that you guys enjoy. Well, yeah, that when you, you can... don't want to be there, you know? So, that's what he told me. He was like, if you're not enjoying the time... I don't you don't have to be here you know what I'm saying like you can because I, I relate to that yeah I read this uh this this thing on a magazine one time and it motivated me to try it but I recommend anybody to try it but it was like talking about how he, this kid always got his mom a gift for Christmas and it was always real material and he got him a gift and he was like uh he's like uh, one year I actually asked her out like on a, on a date and I said you know what mom I'm gonna take you on a date like I just want to spend quality time with you and he said it was the best gift that she ever received. They bonded close. So what I did was I told my mom one year for Christmas, I was like, Mom, instead of your gift, like, how about me and you just go to the casino one night? Like, we throw money on roulette. Like, I know you like slot machines, but I'll show you blackjack. We go to dinner, and me and you just do a date night. We nice. go to dinner in the casino. Bro, that night, and I, and I truly, because more in the article, the guy talks about how open he was his mom. Bro, that night... I was like, let's just talk about, like, how you were in high school, like, who you were. And, like, bro, we started drinking at dinner. We ended up at the casino. Like, I opened up with my mom, and she opened up with me into another level on that day night that it was just, like, it was the coolest experience, and now we'll ever forever remember it. And I told her for Christmas, I'm taking you on a date. So, like, I always tell people, like, do that because you spend that one night where you said, and who does that? Nobody does that. I had never bro, done it before. That's awesome. And when I did it, bro, me and my mom got caught. Oh, so it was cool. It was cool. And like you could you could relate that to your dad, you could relate that to your little brother. Like, hey, instead of like a material gift, let's just let's hang out. I want to pay for it all, but like let's go to the movies or whatever. Bowling. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. It was real cool. That was dope. Yeah, for sure. Um man. Man, let's wrap it up and yeah, just yeah. chill out and yeah. fucking yeah, vibe yeah, out. Because it's uh been two hours in this yeah. bitch. So <laughs> hey, That's we're gonna great. wrap it up, man. Appreciate you for yeah. coming through, man. Uh it's oh, been yeah. one hell. Uh, appreciate y'all, man. Another one before we go, man. I remember we I've quoted you on this one a couple times on the podcast, Casey. I remember we we're in the back room at Fading Up Southside. If you know, you know. 
<laughs> you said, um, real raw, real raw. You said if there's times when I may not be able to help you, but two brains on one problem is better than just one brain. So 100%. if you have a problem, bro, be come open. to me about it. You know, I may not have the money to fucking help you or with the it, answers even, but we'll I'm figure it out. Listen. Logic says two brains versus one. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Hell Shout yeah. out to Casey, man. For hey. real, man. Uh, one for the books, man. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, you guys wanted to say something? Hey, boy. Hey, boy. <laughs> uh, shit. We're going to wrap it up, ladies and gentlemen. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace.